0: Hello Jordan.
1: Hey Bobby, how's it going, man?
0: Hey, I'm doing just fine today.
1: Good. It's uh, May 17th. It is a beautiful day outside. Do you remember a Simpsons episode where all the kids go outside and play? They've been watching. I believe it's the one where Marge starts to k- crusade against itchy and scratchy and the violence. I'm not yeah, sure if you I, remember that. Not
0: one. off the top of my head.
1: There's one where if 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 you're not familiar with The Simpsons, Shame on you. That's all I have to say. Wow. The lo- <laughs> the lo- it, as far as contextual um,
0: information, it, it, it is a great uh, social commentary. It,
1: it, yeah, it, it like it has. It's like baseball. It's like you could take. You know that quote from Field of Dreams about baseball marking the seasons and the times. Right. Well, at least since the '90s, The Simpsons has been there, just like baseball, with us. Marking the seasons, uh, you're gonna you're gonna have to requote that. I can't remember even to paraphrase it. It's Terrence Mann talking about how baseball has been with America forever. Right. Do you remember this quote?
0: Not off the top of my head either. Okay, but let's, I it's know of the, the quote, and I also you're right. The Simpsons it's the longest running television show ever. What is it like? Thirty some odd seasons. Thirty now? plus seasons. Um, I mean, it, when it came out, we were we were kids. And, uh, it's been a long, it's been a long run and, and they have an uncanny ability to predict the future. Some say that, uh, they're doing it on purpose. Some say when you create that many episodes over that long a time that you're going to get some stuff like that, right? I reject that theory because do you remember back in the old days, people used to say, if you put a thousand chimpanzees at a thousand typewriters typewriters you'd get Shakespeare or great expectations or something. The internet that was in,
1: that was in the Simpsons by the true. way, uh, uh, Mr. Burns had a room full of chimpanzees and he, he ends up reading reading it. And he goes, he, re, he grabs the, what's on one of the typewriters. And he's like, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. What is this drivel? <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> but the internet has proven that to be unequivocally false. The internet basically is an infinite amount of chimpanzees with an <laughs> infinite amount of keyboards, and we, we have are yet not to producing Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Now, yeah. there's been some good things that have come from the sure, internet sure. And, and independent publishers and things like that. So I'm kind of joking. But, no, I think the Simpsons uh, creators and the writers know exactly what they're doing, and they're very clever, and uh, they're very uh, they're very plugged into the... Current events and sort of the zeitgeist. I don't like that word, but the zeitgeist, the the cultural temperature. Of, Define zeitgeist. Uh, my understanding of the word zeitgeist is sort of the uh, cultural cultural uh, happenings, the the prevailing wisdom in culture and pop culture. And you want the
1: top Google result on yeah, that? Uh, yeah, I do. The defining spirit or mood of a particular period of history as shown by the ideas and beliefs of the time. Quote, the story captured the zeitgeist of the late 60s. End quote.
0: Okay, so I was... I was
1: that was the top... I was sniffing around the right tree. Right, yeah, yeah, this is the top result on Google. I, li- I think that's good. I mean, I think you get the, you've got the sense of it, the zeitgeist idea it's good to just get official for some of our really detail oriented listeners sure, out there. Sure. Well, before we get get to that tangent, the the Simpsons, yeah, Simpsons captures the Zeitgeist and uh, look, I'm I'm cutting you off on your train of thought here. Stretch.
0: No, I think uh, I think that was my train of thought. It's just you're right about the Simpsons. You we derailed your You were saying it's a beautiful day, and do you remember the Simpsons kids went out to play?
1: Yeah, because see, there was this episode where... So Itchy and Scratchy is a close approximation to Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Everyone... Okay, and if you haven't seen Tom and Jerry, shame on you. (laughs) But the issue with Tom and Jerry is it's like this ultra-violent cartoon. At least that's what the detractors want to say. The Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote... Uh, what's those, the one with Foghorn and Leghorn and the dog?
0: That violence was so comical, though, like you know, anvils smashing right. the coyote, and there was never blood. See, Itching Scratchy took it further and had decapitations where blood would and they'd show spurt bones out and bones and <laughs> and I think the Simpsons. Right. It's an exaggeration. The Simpsons was also showing a little self awareness because when the Simpsons came out, there was. There was a lot of controversy of whether or not it was appropriate for kids and and it was a cartoon, and therefore kids thought it was for them, but mm-hmm. it was it was crass you're right you're and, right, and it showed showed Bart you know sassing off to his dad mooning and, somebody yeah m- yeah, and telling his principal to eat eat, eat his shorts. shorts. so I think The Simpsons was poking fun at the prudes of the day yeah. with their itching scratchy commentary as well, oh, yeah, and they had
1: all kinds of social commentary on that particular what would you say, uh, behavior, well, behavioral happening? That was the
0: era when Hillary Clinton was the first lady, and, and we all know that she is an omnipotent moral busybody, and she was pushing hard for the uh, censorship of music at the time, uh, uh, explicit lyric music, right, especially she doesn't hip-hop care about. and rap what, music.
1: What she wants is censorship. That's right. the whole point. That's what she's pushing for.
0: And you know, that's when the explicit label on CDs started being slapped on. Remember that sticker? Mm-hmm. And now even on like- Is it E for everyone or E for explicit? Now I Now it's E for explicit in music. It's E for everyone in video games. Okay,
1: so that's good. We would never get confused about that. right? Maybe we should have like a government commission that sorts this out for us. I'm sure it there will is. It will only cost a trillion dollars.
0: Well, a, tr- the tr- a trillion's the new million. Right. <laughs>
1: Okay, so so you're 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 taking us back along memory lane, back to Hillary Clinton and the genesis of The Simpsons, the inception, the creation, the the its launch upon society. Yeah, I remember my mom didn't want me to watch it. Yeah, I I uh, I watched it. She was aghast. Secret. Yeah, she was aghast when she found out as a young married adult that I was watching The Simpsons.
0: Well, when The Simpsons launched, I was a teenage, like a young teenager. I was in junior high school, I think.
1: Yeah, I was a teenager.
0: Yeah, as a young married adult. I mean, I was, I was sheltered. I was for making a my own time. decisions. Oh, so was I, but my my mom was still aghast. <laughs> sure, my parents are I wonder often aghast. What she would think about this decisions. podcast?
1: <laughs> 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 no, my mom's my mom's really great. So, this, there's this episode of The Simpsons. Like, okay, so we're talking about the lampooning of the the social prudes, the busybodies there's the michelangelo episode where michelangelo comes to town and marge starts a uh, well no 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 this i think this is the same episode i think it's the itchy and scratchy episode so she starts she starts up what we would now call the outrage mob or the twitter mob against itchy and scratchy she gets them uh she gets crusty the clown who is in charge of the itchy and scratchy show it's part of his show he gets she gets th- him to change it to like a lovey-dovey, love, 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 instead of fight, 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 the itchy and scratchy show. It's love, 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 kiss, 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 hug, 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 and then nobody's watching it, so they turn it off, and the kids go out, They this is the whole point of my tre- my initial tangent here, the trajectory that I'm on is to explain that the kids turn off the television, and they walk outside, and they rub their eyes as if they're coming out of darkness, they're just waking up. I think this is the same episode. I may be conflating two episodes, listeners out there. So if you're fact-checking us, please fact-check this, or I'll fact-check it by the time we get it because I want to put the, uh, by the time we post it, because I want to put this clip on the website. But the kids are, they tire of the television. It's no longer holding their attention. This is key to the discussion where we're headed today because they tire of this new itchy and scratchy, I believe that's what it was. And they walk outside. This is the whole point because it's a beautiful spring day. They walk outside, they rub their eyes, they look up, blink into the sunlight, and they kind of skip off of the porch. And the music that's playing is la, 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 it's in the William Tell overture, but it's the like the meadow scene. And they right. come out, and then pretty soon they're all swinging in unison. Like the swings are going in unison, and they're flying kites. You know, and it's like they're prancing around, and it's this beautiful, Id- idyllic Springfield. And all because they, they lost interest in the television. Oh, right. I think it's uh, ultra poetic, but uh, this... one, one of my one of my very favorite, um, one one of my very favorite what, what would you call it? Uh, clips of any any video literature, any film, television. Do we do we? Is there like a main genre that I can lump this in? Film and television. What am I saying? Visual visual literature, visual animated literature. It's one of my very favorite commentaries right next to the megamind scene when megamind tells titan he says oh you're a villain all right just not a super one and titan asks him well what's the difference and then he launches into this uh, acdc theme and the hard rock music and all these lights and and clouds and and he says he says what's the difference and then Megamind comes out and he says, presentation. And he just, yeah, you remember this scene? And right. He, and then they start the fight. So, so important. So important.
0: Well, I think um, there's some really good news recently. Did you hear? Um, <laughs> the the, pandemic, the is pandemic is over. The pandemic is over. It's over. It's officially over. Okay
1: the director of the cdc i'm not sure i'm I, i'm what i'm trying to do is i'm imagining i know i'm i've been sucked into media over here one part of my one part of my psyche is and so i'm, I'm imagining myself as not being sucked in outside swinging taking a hike flying a kite so so i'm having wow. a hard time getting back into that mode so that so the director that- of the cdc has announced the pandemic is over now that's that's technical language that's bureaucratic bureau speak so Sure. Did they say the pandemic was over, or did they? Because I don't think the pandemic is ever going to be "quote" over, because that would mean they'd have to stop. Let's let's remember that uh,
0: this is the same person, and let me just find her name because let's these people need to be named. It's very important. They're very they're top men or women.
1: Her name is Sally. Take your rights. Her name is Rochelle Walensky. We'll never let in ski of your rights,
0: and. She announced um, that uh, the pandemic is over as long as you've got the vaccination. As long as you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask indoors or outdoors, and you can start doing things that you did before the pandemic. As long as you're vaccinated, and the vaccine is free and it's safe and effective, get mm-hmm. yours today at your local participating retailer. So, or baseball game, or baseball, <laughs> yeah, or popsicle
1: stand. Now. Sp- you told me that Spencer Cox here in Utah wants to start a lottery system, right because he wants to get more people vaccinated yeah, so how o- does that work?
0: Ohio has announced a- it's not
1: a lottery like, oh, you won the lottery, you now get the vaccine it's if you'll take the vaccine, you're entered into a raffle to win yeah millions it reminds of me dollars
0: of, remember the old sweepstakes that you you know uh food companies, junk food companies would run, and you they'd have. Uh, you could enter on the back of a cereal box, and there was always that caveat: many will enter, few will win.
1: Right. I think I've entered those before, but I don't think I ever won.
0: Well, because many will enter and few will <laughs> okay. win. Okay. Well, the state of Ohio and their governor—I think his name is—is is Dewitt or Dimwit or oh. some, Dewine, something like that. Okay. We could look it up, but he announced a five million dollar uh, lottery um, for people who have been vaccinated. Mike Dewine. Okay, DeWine. He's a Republican. If you win, if you've been vaccinated, I don't know all the details, I don't know if people who were early adopters to the vaccine yeah, see, are the not qualified. I'm not sure, Or, but- uh, It's
1: not fair if they don't get to be part of the a, lottery. I did see a
0: funny uh, tweet that said, I'm holding out for the vaccination until the rewards get bigger. Mm-hmm. But he announced a $5 million prize to be split amongst five winners, so a million dollars each. And Spencer Cox- never one to be outdone in the stupid department, Mm -hmm. decided that's a pretty great idea and is exploring that option here in Utah. Now remember, though, here in Utah, raffles are illegal. So we (laughs) call them opportunity drawings, and I'm not joking. And, of course, lotteries. We don't have lotteries because lotteries are immoral, and we are a moral people. And our governor and our government is moral. This comes from our Catholic-Protestant-Mormon heritage. And so... We don't have those things in our state. They're illegal. But this is not a lottery because, as Spencer Cox says, lotteries are taxes on people who are bad at math. Okay. That's a direct quote, by the way. And of course, it's wrong on a few accounts. Isn't number that one, racist? Number one. <laughs> well, yes. Num- because, because math is racist. Yes. But number one. That's what I mean. A lottery is voluntary. Okay. I don't have to enter the lottery. I don't have government guns pointed at me taking my money and entering it into the lottery. So lotteries are not taxes. Taxes are not voluntary. See, there's a difference, Mr. Cox.
1: No, but see, this is voluntary because you can voluntarily get the jab to be entered into his lottery while they on the backside where they come to uh, Bobby's house with an M16 and forcibly take his money to pay for the $5 million reward. Right.
0: Well, and for now... For now, the vaccine is voluntary. What's not voluntary are the side effects I may or may not get, which reminds me of another side tangent that Chelsea Handler, one of the cheerleaders for the virus, she's a comedian. (laughs) and, And a very crass, disgusting person, if I might be blunt. She's now claiming that she's deaf in one ear after taking the Moderna vaccine. What's her name again? Chelsea Handler. That's a strange name, Chelsea Handler. Yeah, I wonder if she is a handler or has been handled. But she had like one of these sort of uh, Johnny Carson type shows, I think, uh-huh. for a while. And does I she, would say she's a C plus list. Is she celebrity. still a,
1: is she still a vaccine promoter?
0: Well, I, I, she's she's deaf in one ear after taking the Moderna vaccine, which I guess is common with that vaccine. But does it come back? I don't know. We don't have any long-term safety data yet. See, people ask, oh, these have been tested, right? Yes, on you. <laughs> you are the test subject.
1: One of my friends who's a listener of the show sent me some of the data from the VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Reaction Reporting thing.
0: Yeah, we're not supposed to look at the that. The
1: Vaccine Adverse Event Reaction, or Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, right? VAERS.
0: Yeah, it's where you can... You can go and and report problems for, with the right. vaccines. It's like, which are being underreported. Yeah, I mean, there's documentation that it's being underreported. Doctors and hospitals and things are saying we're well, not. Well, nobody reporting knows. It, nobody
1: knows about it. Like right. you may be hearing about that system for the first time. The reason that was set up is because vaccine makers acquired immunity <laughs> yeah, to unnat- unnatural. <laughs> immunity. acquired unnatural immunity to lawsuits via lobbying in the 90s and the early 2000s, so you cannot sue them for injuries related to vaccines. So, And so the government set up a fund to compensate vaccine-injured people and then this adverse reporting system or adverse event reporting system.
0: Right, so taxpayers pay money to other taxpayers. Right, watchdog... On on behalf of Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson right. and these other companies, and there's been billions paid out. It's just all very quiet, and and not just COVID right, billions. I mean, over the course of the lifespan of thirty fun,
1: years, yeah, this which was and they're trying established to established in the eighties. They're trying to get rid of it, but uh, for they're reporting now. Hardly anybody knows about the fund or the reporting system, and so watchdog groups estimate that it's underreported by like a factor of hundred. Right, Like there may be a hundred times as many adverse reactions as are reported in VAERS. And in VAERS, they've already b- reported 4,000 roughly, just under 4,000 deaths due to the vaccine or people that had the vaccine that died Which shortly is thereafter. Which a huge
0: increase over the, n- the normal um, deaths reported post-vaccine deaths.
1: Isn't it something like 40 times all the deaths ever reported in right, VAERS?
0: right. There's an itch, there's, you know, this, this vaccine propaganda is, is amazing. It's amazing. It's very effective. Every government everywhere is pushing this and pushing it hard. You know, I joked about the baseball game. The Salt Lake Bees are a minor league baseball game and their season's starting up and they announced, they said, Hey, are you coming to the game tonight? This was last week. Get your vaccine while you're here at the game for free. And, you know, it's it's like, there are you so desperate that you're bribing people that are at the game? You know, baseball games, basketball games, they always do a little bribery to get people into the stands, right? Mm-hmm. Usually it's a bobblehead or a poster or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a, maybe a coupon for a free drink. Now you can get a free experimental drug with your... With your Cracker Jacks.
1: Yeah, a gene editing drug, a uh, gene therapy type of a drug.
0: But the the propaganda is effective. There was a teenager here at a local high school who got the vaccine. He's an athlete, healthy kid.
1: It's like a basketball player.
0: Yeah. And we could name his name. I'm not going to, even though the school went public and there was news stories with his name. I'm not going to name his name. But he got the shot, the Pfizer shot, and then had blood clots and had to be rushed to the hospital. And there's a quote that I thought was really interesting and a bit sad in one of the news stories from his mom. And his mom said, we really, we really wonder about this shot now, but, but I'm not going to discourage any other mothers from telling their sons to take it. And it's like, your son is in the hospital with some serious medical problems, and yet you are, you're still unwilling to just come right out and say, this was dangerous. This shot was dangerous for our son and might be dangerous for your son. I think that's a result of this propaganda. She's worried about the social fallout, about speaking out against this vaccine. She's worried about the labels that might be thrown on her. So she's tiptoeing around while her son is literally fighting for survival. We are being mind broken. Our our minds are being absolutely wrecked by this propaganda over the last year and a half. And they continue it. They continue it. The same uh, benevolent Dr. Walensky who runs the CDC and told us that the pandemic's over if we've had the shot is now saying that deaths after the vaccine are not deaths from the vaccine but deaths with the vaccine literally making the same distinction that people that honest people have been trying to make with covid for the last 15 months they're
1: not getting censored for making that distinction
0: well right see Twitter was blocking people and, and flagging them and banning them for misinformation when people would point out that there's a difference between with COVID and from COVID and that these death numbers are exaggerated because of all these comorbidities, et etc. Cetera, et cetera. We've covered that, and now the CDC director is saying the same thing about vaccine deaths. So the, I'm calling it the great American gaslighting because we are being led to believe that we are the crazy people, that the, the rational people who look at data and say... The data does not add up to what the media is telling us are being framed as the crazy people. And now they flip the script a little bit. They say if if you've got the vaccine, you don't need to wear a mask indoors or outdoors and you can go back to normal activities. Well, the real true believing mask people are having a horrible time. And all the grifters who have been making money and fame off of this on Twitter and social media and other TV doctors, are having a hard time with this because they realize that their time in the spotlight is over. That if people go back to normal with no masks, they're even saying this. If people go back to normal and don't wear masks, how will we know who has been vaccinated? Or in other words, how will we know who is righteous? How will we know who is, who is one of us? How will we ever know? Well, you don't because that's a, a normal society. You don't virtue signal like that. You don't wear your your phylacteries and your your robes and your but the mask has become that. The mask has become a symbol of right think of, of virtue, of righteousness. Especially in the mainstream
1: Popular media and
0: plenty of people are saying I will con- I am fully vaccinated and I will continue to wear my mask so I- people do not think I am an anti vaxxer or an anti-masker. It has right. nothing there's to do with a, anything about viral. There's been a, few,
1: a few C-level, B-level celebrities that have been out saying stuff like that. I always take an informal poll when somebody goes to the store, like in the family or a friend. Oh, so were they wearing masks? And it, I think in Utah, it's getting to be half and half. It's it's quickly moving away from masks.
0: Yeah, I've been kind of softly documenting this over the... It's gone from, you know, in December, just me, me being the only person in the entire grocery store, to now, the last time I went a few days ago, 50-50. Now, I don't count the employees. Yeah,
1: you got to not count the employees. If you're taking an informal poll, don't count the employees because they're forced to.
0: Right. Uh, So today's Monday, and yesterday... I went to a, a church event, and nobody had a mask on. No, at, at at one point there was a few people who started with them, and then they kind of looked around and said it was even brought up. Oh, now the, they're in the minority, so they take them off. Right, and <laughs> that's that is so so illustrative of the groupthink. Well, it, and it was even brought up over the pulpit. The uh, the leader, now okay, the leader of the meeting was wearing it, and at one point. And I thought this was quite symbolic. At one point, he was the only one in the room of about 150 people wearing one. I, I even looked around. I I I, I look for these things. Okay, I don't. I wasn't listening to the meeting. I was looking for this social. He's a behavioral stuff. scientist. Beha- Plus, <laughs> a, as well as a pronunciator. <laughs> but he was the only one, and I thought that is very symbolic. That the only person still wearing this is the guy in charge. Because that's, been, that that's been the, the problem. Can I infer that he's the head honcho for the the ward? No, it, no, he was in the stake presidency. Really? This was a multi ward LDS event. Okay. And he stood up to speak, and he took it off, and he 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 acknowledged that. He said, "You know, I looked around. I said, i 'I'm the only one with this thing on anymore. I'm going to take it off.'"
1: Oh, so he had to make a.
0: And yeah, nobody. Like I'm was with wearing you them. now. I'm and, with you. But. What's odd is that a lot of those very same people a few hours earlier in sacrament meeting, which is an LDS general meeting, kind of a, just what you would call your mass or, a, you know, or your church meeting, would, would have worn them still in, in that meeting. But the good news is Was that, this a men's meeting? No, it was a graduation from Oh, okay, okay. okay so seminary for graduation. high school yeah. students graduating— so, look, the fog is lifting, and people— Well, it's—the the fog
1: is still there, but this particular uh, charade is lifting, and that's why, as uh, voices of warning here, we need to remind you, this is not going to be the last Well, we've seen right, of the propaganda. Right, because
0: here's what—here, there's these caveats, and, and Jordan mentioned the Bureau speak— is that the term you use? Bureau speak. Is that, can we coin that term? What would be a
1: better way to describe well, bureau, bureaucrat speak?
0: New speak works pretty well, but bureau speak, I, I like that. I like that. We should. Yeah, I'm going to write that down right underneath the zeitgeist. Because all of this is happening on condition, right? Spencer Cox, who we love to lampoon here because there's so much material. By the way, to wrap up his little tirade against the, uh, uh, or, in favor of the vaccine in his propaganda efforts, he said, "Quote: There is no amount of money that is too much to make sure that five to ten percent more Utahns get vaccinated." Which is absurdity on its well, face. Of course, there's a, a, a too much money. I mean, is how about a hundred trillion, Governor? How about a dollar? How about yeah? How about
1: any <laughs> any, any amount money? of money? Any amount of money stolen from the people? But.
0: It it, it it sparked a thought, like why why what's so important about that five to ten percent? And my theory is that some Utah is Utah claims that about twenty to twenty five percent of the population has been fully vaccinated. Twenty to twenty five percent? I think so. The last time I checked. I've received both shots. Now they like to tout their numbers that there's been three million shots or whatever, but those don't count. Fully vaccinated? It says two,
1: 929,000 people have been fully vaccinated, 20, 29%. Okay. But it says 2.38 million doses have been given. So that's probably what that means is divide that number in half to 1.2 million. That's the number of people who have actually started the vaccination. right? 1.3 or something like that.
0: Right. So so a third of the state, remember, a third of our state is children too. Yeah. Who are now, kids 12 and over are now eligible, which is insane. But um, I'm wondering if Utah, the state, is close to some sort of arbitrary incentive number. And Spencer Cox really wants to hit that because it means another... Blast of federal money, or it means a a certificate from Pfizer's chief propaganda officer. Or it
1: probably means about sixty five million dollars to Pfizer. Well, right, we're just guessing at a four hundred dollar vaccine shot. It's probably it's probably more than that. It's probably like a thousand dollar shot. It or wouldn't
0: so. surprise me at all.
1: Maybe it's a maybe it's a what a a hundred million dollar issue or one hundred and fifty
0: million dollars. All issue. of this stuff is conditional. All of our freedoms our liberties are our self well according to the bureaucrats right that's unless we
1: take them back right now and what we're seeing is people are starting to try and take that back
0: but the danger here we're in a very dangerous place right now because the danger is that people will say it's it's over we did it you know and the bureaucrats are acting like heroes spencer cox who's been very very pro-mask and has made sure that every kid in, in, in Utah is masked up at school, said a couple weeks ago, I'm not lifting the mask mandate for schools, because he's owned and bought by the teachers unions, and he's a mask cultist who once compared the mask to Jesus. But he then, a few days ago, said, kids can take their masks off the last week of school based on our... Basically, he says, based on your good behavior, because the case counts are down. So he, he's going to allow people, to these kids, to breathe freely as if he has any moral authority over what somebody wears on their face or anywhere right. else. But it's, but it's all conditional, because at any moment, right. at any time, and for any reason, we can be locked down again. We can be masked up again. We can be uh, forced to close. We can be told who is and who isn't essential. Again, the stage or the the foundation is been laid. This is why I said last week that they have us, the the globalists, the oligarchy, whoever you want, whatever you want to call them. They have us.
1: Well, and I would argue they've had us for a hundred years. Right. But that's but what that's what's what what this proves is it demonstrates how bad the public school system setup is because you are essentially for for the most part there's a, there's a, there's a broader homeschool movement that has been evolving in the last several years but that's still in a very very small minority and what it shows is that our society is very effective at taking a child at the age of 5 putting them into a situation that forces them to comply with government mandates the kids if left to their own devices they would not be wearing masks uh we visited some friends in saint george and their kids a couple of weeks ago were told they didn't have to wear masks and the the one son reported that there was a garbage can all the garbage cans were just overflowing with masks even the good even like the expensive masks that the moms had bought for them well, the second the kids got permission, they took them off. But the whole point of the public school system is to indoctrinate your children into a statist ideology. It's to the, the the school district down where one of the school districts down where we live is the Alpine School District. It's a very big school district. I don't I don't think I'm giving anything away. It's down in uh, Utah County. They used to have a slogan up on their wall that they were enculturating the young into a social and political democracy. And there was a huge outrage down here. People started to investigate who they who they were getting their marching orders from and what types of conferences they were attending. But that's straight out of the John Dewey Socialist Handbook from the early part of the, the last century when the oligarchy essentially overtook America by forcing kids into public schools and... Then enculturating them into a socialist democracy. Now, there's they didn't a, say a, socialist, but they meant socialist. There's an
0: easier word for that cumbersome... In, in cultur- enculturating? Yeah, yeah, it's called brainwashing. Brainwashing, yeah. And we, I went through public schools, and as I look back, it's pretty easy now to say, yeah, I was being enculturated to mm-hmm. believe certain things. You know, I, I think about what I was taught about the Soviet Union, for example. And what I was taught about government in the U.S. And I wasn't taught that communism is a murderous ideology that has killed bi- hundreds of millions, billions. Yeah. And is is enslaving, you know, 60 percent of Europe or whatever it was back then. No, I was taught that it was a collectivist uh, communal effort to. Give people rights and to work for the common good while at the same time being taught that the Soviet Union was the big bad,
1: well also being that- taught that the government had to do something about them right, and that's the th- that was your point. The point is not that our children have been taught the wrong information about masks, which they have it's the r- they were totally screwed up. most people now think masks are effective, and it we knew this before, like my I, I come from a little bit of a prepper background. I was ready for the pandemic. I had the N95 masks, the actual particulate masks, before the run on the masks. I had the appropriate protective medical gear that would protect against a virus.
0: And and those can be useful in a lot of situations, not just virus protection.
1: But even even with the Danish study, I'm glad we did the Danish study, right? Which is finally a a, a double-blind control study that proves there is no effect with these cloth face coverings. They already knew that because they already published standards on what types of masks block what types of particulates. That's why you need an N95 mask because it'll block particulates of the size of a virus. And if you're a painter, if you come from an industrial background at all, you know you have to have the right protective gear so as to not get high while painting a car or, or or refinishing furniture, whatever. That's why we have the warning labels. The thing that's so crazy is our society already knows this stuff. I'm pounding the freaking table here. We already know Sorry. this stuff, and we knew it before. And Sorry we were, for your ears. We were prepared. <laughs> we were already prepared, our family was, and with and we were treating this as if it were a real threat until a couple of weeks after when you and I started talking where we were like, okay, something's wrong here. This is not as big of a deal. So that's the problem is we already know. It's... It's the, the big issue here is not that the public schools have indoctrinated your children to think that masks work in a way that they don't, which is exactly what did happen. They did indoctrinate the kids and the society at large to think that masks work in a way that they don't, okay? But that's not the problem. The problem is that for the last 120 years, the public schools have been indoctrinating your children into a statist ideology where they are supposed to believe that the government gives them their rights and allows them to do things. It's the government that tells us whether or not they can wear a mask. And the only reason that it has uh, it, it has been so effective this last year is because it has evolved in such a way as where the parents are sort of kept at bay by the school board, right? They have to elect people to the school board. And for the most part, you know, they don't recognize the creeping indoctrination the creeping changes you know that the, the frog has been boiled so effectively so slowly that the, the parents have just kind of okay well we're not they haven't kept on top of the school board and the school boards and the school districts have been very well enculturated and, and the big money has selected the people that they want to put in those positions of power and we've forgotten how it's supposed to work to the point where this year we allowed the government the school board the health department and these are intertwining bureaucracies right the health department and the school board the school board throws its hands in the air and says well we can't because it's the health department and the health department's requiring and this is a state-run school and therefore your kids have to wear masks
0: even if they have right, a health then condition the health department throws its hands in the air and, and says no we're we're taking advice from the executive from the governor and the governor throws his hands in the air and says no, it's the federal, the federal guidance. and then the federal federal guidance, federal people throw their hands in the air and say no, it's the CDC. Right, so it's and a big, the CDC says no, it's the who And so right. nobody's being held Nobody, accountable.
1: nobody's gonna be held accountable because there's so much bureaucracy and it's a huge virtue signaling contest because they know they have the mainstream media on their side, and they can just act like, oh, no big deal. But what we're seeing, but there are parents out there in in uh, states that are more bold than Utah, that are out there changing the school boards right now in Texas and some of these other more what yeah and they're, not call wait, them bold, they're, they're not waiting they're not they're not waiting for more,
0: elections they're forcing it they're right. they're basically there was one uh, I don't remember what state it was in but basically parents went into the school board and forced an emergency meeting vote and meeting and they ousted the entire board and
1: what they're the, most of the people most of the outrage relative to the school boards is happening relative to critical race theory right now it's not it's not so much the covid thing but they're seeing the the black lives matter agenda the the anti-police anti-society chaos agenda of the of the racists who want to call you racist for being white okay those people are being ousted and you're starting to see a reaction being uh, beginning to emerge from more, I guess I guess we'd call them conservative people, but I would call them more right-thinking people. More, the, you're thinking yeah, the, the people right. that are more logical, the people that are more rational, that aren't going to go along with some of the. There are blatant a lot of people
0: on the doublethink. There are a lot of people on the traditional left who oppose CRT, just as there are people on the traditional right. In fact, one good thing to come from all of this madness over the last year and a half is that rational people who are left rational people who are right are coming together in in forming coalitions and uniting together and saying against our our old differences. Don't make a Don't make any or meaningless. You you thought 15% tax was a good rate. I thought 30% tax was a good rate. That's meaningless when faced with democracy and Republic killing policies that right. are and literally it's good, killing our liberties and our freedoms. It's
1: a good thing you have these these sort of mild statists who are, are beginning to rally against the ultra-statists, the, right. com, the communist. I, the, the terms don't mean anything. That's why I'm struggling for words, because I can say communist, you'll think one thing or the other thing. I can say right. socialist, you think one thing or the other thing. Statist is the word I want to use. People who believe the government should have that type
0: of control. And, the, and statism is rampant on the right, even among conservatives, just look at people like George W. Bush, Spencer Cox, Mitt, Mitt Romney, Romney uh, DeWine, um, who was the vice president, the guy who did nothing for four years um, with Trump. Oh, uh, was Mike Pence. Mike Pence. He was a nothing. Mike Pence. Uh, look at the Republican leadership in Washington. This is all, it's all statism. Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney is... Uh, not only statism, but also like a political or a war criminal, but we don't need to come. <laughs> and his daughter's out there saying that- Or well, they just ousted people... her from
1: the Republican leadership right. circles and in of Congress. Course, you and it's know, sort of a symbolic people
0: thing. People here, pe- you know, politicians here were just aghast. It's like, well, she's not representative of- See, these people don't represent the majority. They get elected. And we were just talking before we hit record about Spencer Cox and how- people are starting to realize that he's not what the voters thought he was. He ran on this you know, conservative agenda during a time where nobody was paying attention. You had, a, you had a federal election. You had the Trump versus Biden election sucking up all the attention. Plus, you had shutdowns and this pandemic theater and unemployment and uncertainty. And also, like the Simpsons kids, people were sort of—they were outside. People were enjoying summer— you know, uh, recreational sales skyrocketed last year, and they're doing it again this year. Mm-hmm. So, bicycles, RVs, boats, things like that, where people have discretionary income to spend. Well, and they're
1: get, they're trying to get away from the statists, the right. other these these controlling institutions. So they go out into the wild, and they go out into the so, to the world or the western states or whatever where there's less of a Cox, a control grid.
0: Cox won a summer primary against statist huntsman who has been the member of the World Economic Forum before he went off to work in China. Work with China. He came he worked for China. For China, he came back it's kind of bizarre actually. I didn't think he would ever come back, but he came back to Utah and was running for governor again. And then there was a man named Greg Hughes who's a more kind of traditional libertarian minded conservative. He would have been our best option, Utah. And Cox won that primary, that three way primary by one point, one percentage point, so it's not like he was an overwhelming favorite, and then he went on to easily win the general against a Democrat because Democrats at least still don't have any chance, even though he's probably a better candidate than Cox was, yeah, so well, he might have been more
1: statist, we don't
0: know Do I'm sure he is, I'm sure he is in different ways, but see what makes what makes Cox so disappointing is his not just his incredible stupidity and in his ignorance for economics and social things but he ran on a different platform he ran as somebody different he ran as a
1: republican right that's supposed to mean something and that's the problem is that it placates it uh, pulls the wool over the the majority of the people's eyes like Mitt romney did and then he turns out to be a an a chameleon, something entirely different. Not, uh, and then they're hard to get rid of. A, a lot of, a it's lot like of cockroaches.
0: A lot of people say rhino, like Republican in name only. No, the that's, that's too kind. These guys are statists. They're people who believe that because of their station, because of their position, that they have a moral authority over you to think Cox, for you, Cox, to control Cox you. said as much in his inaugural, when he said that his election was, they was a rendezvous with destiny.
1: Like, he used that word in his...
0: Yes. He says that our kids and our children's children will remember this moment. It is our rendezvous <laughs> with destiny. <laughs> so if if there had been more than 13 people watching that, Bobby, I can't believe you're one of those 13 people. I, I would have wa- been vom- vomiting it. in unison. I read it later. <laughs> you right. read it later? Okay. He's very hard to watch live because he thinks, he, he fancies himself an orator and he moves around and I'm reminded of uh, The Office with Dwight when... Dwight is giving a speech when he gets an award and Jim gives him some advice. He, he teaches him all of the mannerisms of dictators throughout the <laughs> decade. And so he Dwight gets up there and he pounds a table and he lifts his arm in triumph and he uses phrases like workers of the world unite and things like that. And he basically gives a, a, a communist dictator <laughs> speech. Jim had, in, had induced him to do that? Right, yeah, because... Dwight asked him for for help, you know, with his speech. And oh, okay. It's a it's really because <laughs> he great. was going to receive
1: an award. I'll look for that. It's really great, that but, but that's
0: how Cox looks. He he gesticulates wildly, and he he gets emotional in these speeches, and he's a very emotional person. You know, he was asked about. There was a bill presented here to ban transgender, and I have to remember all the terms transgender women participating in women's sports. So a man, pretending to be a woman... Okay,
1: good. I'm glad you're clarifying this, because I was going to have to clarify.
0: participate in women's sports. And this was at the youth level, K through 12.
1: Right. The idea is the state, again, here, here you have the state has control of public education, so they make all these edicts, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Boys who think you're girls, go ahead and participate with the girls. And, and that's, they were going to ban that in Utah.
0: Yeah. The, the legislation proposed a ban on that for, for high school sports and youth sports. And Cox wouldn't sign it, said, I'm uncomfortable with it, and he started crying, and he couldn't really give an answer why. He just wasn't comfortable with it. Now, you'd think, oh, that's, why would they need to ban that anyway? Why would he start crying, though? I don't know. Is he
1: imagining himself as a boy wanting to be a girl, wanting to run the 100-meter dash with, other, with girls? He might be. I mean, I don't know. It's and Like I said, bad. it's bizarre. Is he feeling bad because
0: he wouldn't win that race? <laughs> 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 he uh you know he fancies himself of of a of, as a farmer, right? And he grew up down in San Pete Valley. Which is a
1: rural county in Utah. Really nice south area. South of south of Utah County.
0: But he, he's not a farmer. His his family made money doing the telecommunications in, in play down. There. Right. Yeah. So he posted recently that he's like once a, he's first of all a, a sitting governor should never make a mob joke but he says it's like the farming is like the mafia once you're out they they once you think you're out they pull you back in and showed some pictures of him feeding some chickens or something and I I couldn't help myself and I I had to reply and I said Governor Cox, we've seen your arms we know you are not a farmer because he rolled up his sleeve to get the jab and there's you know it's obvious that this is a bureaucrat this is not a man who spends time lifting heavy objects outside so I couldn't help taking a shot but it just goes into this whole idea of him and a lot of other politicians and this is I'm going to segue into the kind of what we wanted to focus on today and we we've been dancing around it, but he is not what he says he is he he is something different than he claims to be and what he actually is is a status bureaucrat who is in it for himself he is in it for power and gain it becomes the sad reality that all men when given a little authority and power as they suppose to exercise unrighteous dominion. Well, he's a great example of that, and that's a paraphrase of a scripture from the Doctrine and Covenants, an LDS scripture, which probably most of our listeners know. But that brings us to this article called 10 Things We Have Learned During the COVID Coup. So you can tell right from the headline, you know, it doesn't say COVID pandemic, the COVID coup. This was, this was posted at Zero Hedge, but it was originally authored by someone called Winter Oak, at offguardian.org. Offguardian does some great yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's a great website, and I think we should go through. I don't think some of these are going to be obvious, and we don't need to go. Uh, well, I think we talk about them. They're great. Them, but they're yeah, great I think we should points. go through these I mean, from one through ten.
1: I mean, it's kind of alarming that these these guys aren't pulling any punches. Winter here, if that is your real name, Winter, are you a man or a woman? Um, the,
0: those two things don't exist anymore. Those are social constructs we were assigned male at birth but i i'm wondering if we were we were denied we were denied that choice at birth you know
1: gender is a hermetic principle that goes all the way back to the beginning of time this idea that masculine and feminine yin and yang light and dark sun and moon you know this goes all the way back we are literally Chipping away at one of the pillars of the foundations of this time well, place state that we are in. Gender is
0: <laughs> we're undoing the Enlightenment era. No, it's not that. I'm saying but, it
1: goes clear back to Egypt, like no, old don't.
0: kingdom well, Egypt. We're talking right. pre dynastic dynastic. It, well, it goes back to if you're a religious person, it goes back to the very creation. Yeah, but it goes back to the beginning. Whatever you think the beginning is, it goes back to there. It goes, and it's, be, it's from beyond the beginning. Well, of course. There is no beginning, right? There's no beginning and no end, but whatever tradition...
1: Sorry, I have to interrupt. Did you know that you can sing If You if you Could Hide to Kolob to the tune of the Beverly Hillbillies? Because <laughs> that's what we were just referencing, the no beginning and no end, right? Okay, here, I here, like here it goes. You to, I would like to hear that. If you could hide a Kolob in the twinkling of an eye and then continue onward ever after there to fly, do you think that you could ever throughout all eternity... Find out the generation where gods began to be. <laughs> you did not
0: know that's that. It, huh? That's, that's awesome. it. That's it. I can't follow that. Guys, we're gonna wrap things okay, up on that. We're and- done.
1: <laughs>
0: where did you where did you
1: where did you I don't know why things like that come into my mind. Did but you figure that out? I that's that is an original thought from me. I take credit for that. Nobody else should be harangued, lampooned, uh hung, you know, if, hung up hung out to dry for that. All the Mormons out there that I've
0: offended, I have. Apologize. I'm sorry, but I'm I not sorry. I think we should adopt that Th- rendition because you know there's nothing slower and sadder and well, it's more it's thoughtful. N- no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying that song. I'm saying there's nothing slower and sadder and more depressing than sacrament meeting, meeting hymns sung at about a third of the speed they're supposed oh, yeah, to be they, sung. They at. have
1: the meter in there. The, I think that what happened was I got working with the hymn book. I, like, I don't know why they want to change the hymn book. What they should do is do version two of the hymn book. I don't, I don't know why they want to re, redo it. They should have edition A 1992 or whenever that came out. I can't remember. And they should continue to use the old ones because well, we can't, we, we've got this rich history that we, we keep revising and getting rid of.
0: Well, and why that's important, and, and it kind of fits into everything we've been talking about, is that in LDS culture and lds rules based culture if a song is not in the hymn book we can't sing we're not allowed to sing it in sacrament meeting or church without special permission so in 1985 they redid the hymn book and we lost some good classics there like um come now found of every blessing now found is always the one that people bring up and that's a great song and and there's other ones that are put in and and how many would you say there's about 400 hymns in the hymn book now i think it's
1: like low threes
0: okay three thirty three hundred or so 350 ish we've probably seen 20 of them oh yeah we hardly well i mean you you get the
1: you get the experimental music directors who will put in the ones we don't really
0: know and then and no one could sing those nobody can yeah it's but the ones we do know no one sings with any vigor or or, it's more like a funeral march. it's always slow it's always way too slow because you've got some elderly lady playing the organ up there it's one if time, I don't know
1: if to I don't know if you the were in this. I was in a stake
0: eye. meeting. I think it was a stake conference, which is a gathering of ever after that right gathering of several wards, and we were singing the opening hymn. You might have been in this meeting. And Did the stake president the stake, stop us? The stake president stopped us and said, okay. "This is terrible. Your singing is bad. It is slow. It has no energy. We are supposed to be." an excited religious people let's sing like it and they restarted it and it was no different <laughs> it was a nice try but <laughs> and that particular man was was i i, I kind of liked him he was he had a lot of energy and tried yeah, try to take a different approach to teaching us and uh, I liked that. I appreciate it. Okay, let's get into this, these Okay, well, let me things. tell you about the hymn book, though. Okay, the, yeah. The yeah. reason that hymn, came up was because the
1: old hymn book, and I, I like the old hymn book, or the, the current hymn book. I don't know where they're at, but their plan is to revamp it and, and re- revise our history by changing our hymn book. There's a great section in the back called... And our, me- history. And our Yes. <laughs> There's a great section in the back called Meters, and another one called um, First Lines and Titles... And then there's one I forget the name of this section, but it tells you the song the the tune names. and so if you yeah, look at the, the old tune, traditional folk yeah, tunes. so you can look at the meters, and every every song has a meter, so any song that uses the same meter can you can switch the tunes which is a little known fact mm-hmm. but if you really want to get crazy, what you do is you get like a quartet of guys and you you find one of those songs that has the same meter as another song, and you switch it. And you sing the the words to song A with the music to song B, and if you do that to your sacrament meeting, I've never been able to get a group of guys to do that, but I think that'd be fun because people's minds will explode. They're like, "Okay, you, Her-
0: heresy! You need blasphemy! To, you need to arrange yourself um, a special musical number." By, I'll bet I could by get, by get a the number. and the. I'll bet I could get. Three amigos, you, you do. you do. If you could hide a collab, which is already sort of makes people uncomfortable, right? The lyrics oh, yeah. make people uncomfortable. You oh, do yeah. that
1: to, to hillbillies. If I could Beverly get hillbillies, but see, I could totally pull that off because all I would have to do is say I was gonna, if I could get them to allow me to sing If You Could Hide a collab, because see, that would be the first, it's still step. in the hymn book, yes, but that would be hard to get somebody to allow that musical number, don't you think?
0: I just, you just don't, you just tell them we're going to sing a selection of hymns. Oh, yes, that's right. A medley. You, oh, the, you would make a good bureaucrat,
1: <laughs> a good uh, bureau, spe- bureau speaker. You, you would make a good fixer, like a what, what's the word? Uh, a lobbyist. You, you would get things done in Washington. Oh, boy. You know how to do this. All right. You, you just ready? say one thing and do another thing. Okay, go ahead. Go let's the, go back, back to what we were so talking about. So,
0: this is from, we'll link to it, but it's originally from someone named Winter Oak via the Off Guardian. If that is your real and name. And these are Winter. 10 things we've learned during the COVID coup. And we're just going to go through them from one to 10. I don't think they're in any particular order. Number one, our political system is hopelessly corrupt. <laughs> well, we knew that before. Well, some of us knew that, but that's that I think is an important um, And he's got some point. subtext. He says, virtually all politicians are hopelessly, I think the key here is hopelessly. We always knew they were corrupt. All politicians are hopelessly corrupt. no political party can be trusted. they can, all can be and have been bought he's he 's spot on or he or she he or, or they. she let's let's call him he okay let's just say winter,
1: we're sorry if you're a woman, but we're going to use he because that's the traditional way to talk about people in the English language for the last several hundred years i'm seeing it. I went to the original to see if there's uh, you know, about. I know. I've been looking, I'm, I've been looking, trying to figure out if this is a guy or a girl because this guy or girl is really good. Okay, number so, two. No, but hold on a second. Let's talk about that because we knew this. Well, the, well the, we knew the system was corrupt. We've been talking about this for a few years, you and I. And we've kind of bounced ideas off of each other. But the, the thing that he put in there was the, the adjective hopelessly. Right. And that, that I think is significant. Other people who are not as far down this rabbit hole I think are recognizing the system is corrupt and so that's the big thing that's happened in the last year and a half is a whole heck of a lot of people perhaps half the country perhaps all the Trump voters which was by the way it's not half of the country that votes it's like or not half of the country that votes for one candidate or the other about just over half of the population that's eligible actually votes And so it's more like a quarter of the country that actually elects the president. If you did not know that, you now are informed. But what I'm trying to point out is that this has been a sort of a Wizard of Oz moment where the curtain has been pulled back for maybe 60% of the country on the Wizard. There's definitely always going to be people who continue to go along with the media. These are the nobles in the emperor's new clothes who hold high the train that wasn't really there at all while the emperor walks on boldly because he thinks the show must go on. Yeah. I think
0: think the solution to this is to vote everybody out at every conceivable level, school boards, city councils. It just. Yeah. But then Bobby, the mechanism still exists. It does. You're never going to get rid of the mechanisms without war, without violence. And I don't know that, that, there's that's a, the only that's way something that, that we want I guess to uh, the, advocate.
1: The only way that we could actually get rid of the mechanism is if we all sat down and stopped participating. that, yeah, was, that would be another uh, that way. The civil disobedience, mass repentance, mass awakening would do it. But anyway, so that no party can be trusted. They all can be and have been bought. That so is That brings up a question.
0: Who, who bought them? Who, well, who, we use the term and have used the term the oligarchy. Right. I that's, think if you want to get specific, I mean— we know that, that big pharmaceutical companies own politicians. They're all, they, they donate big sums of money to everybody.
1: Right, but who owns the, the pharmaceutical companies? Right, right.
0: right. And
1: we, I think we may have made mention of this that the Rockefellers and the Gettys, or the Carnegies, were instrumental in setting up the American medical establishment the way it is through mm-hmm. the Flexner Report in the early part of the last century. They came in and they funded a report that basically picked winners and losers in how medicine was done in the early 1900s and then they got they went and lobbied state governments and through licensing and regulation they were able to run all the people that didn't practice medicine the way they wanted it practiced out of business and then they took control of those medical establishments one of the first model schools that they decided to use as a as as an example of how to run their medical establishment was the johns hopkins hopkins university so right this is well documented go look up the flexner report i guess i now have to put a link to it on our page
0: if you guys aren't taking
1: notes while we're
0: no (laughs) speaking of the oligarchy this is a quick little um thing that, that we need to watch but the the undoing of Bill Gates has been set in motion, um, which is very interesting and something I'm kind of watching, and we don't need to talk about it too much right now. But it started a few weeks ago. They, he and his wife, Melinda, announced that they're getting divorced, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of speculation as to why that is and the timing of it. And media reports are saying that it's because of his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein— and his and more more recently uh, stories about how he was a a, a playboy you know a, a a carouser a he would have s- stripper parties and and all this stuff. It's that, a good thing he's wealthy because he couldn't pull that off without the money. Well, right. It's a very it's kind of funny <laughs> to think of, of Bill Gates. As a carouser, as a, you know, especially as a when, Playboy, as a swordsman, if, is, what do they call these guys? If you've ever seen like clips of him dancing on stage and things, I mean, the the guy's a nerd. I well, mean, if
1: it's if Epstein's involved, it's it's pedophilia. So that's really right, kind of and, dark. and some
0: pretty dark stuff. But there's no way that there's no way that Melinda didn't know any of this. Like, she's obviously been aware of it for a long time, and so she's she's going to walk away a billionaire, you know, with well, his his okay. billions. So here's a here's a side <coughs> here's a
1: side rabbit hole. You've investigated some of the lines of reasoning that Melinda Gates is not the same Melinda Gates he married, or that she had a transgender,
0: right, something, or, or other. even that she's she doesn't Kevin look. Kevin Klein.
1: yeah, she doesn't look. <laughs> she, it's true, she doesn't look uh, the same. Uh, she looks as when she was younger. But by the way, w- w- women and men get older and they cha- they change. Sure. But that, look, there's also the whole Michelle Obama is she Michael Obama or Michelle Obama right. line of reasoning. That's all interesting, but remember the, the big problem is statism. The big problem right. is the ideolo- ideological foundations that allow these things to happen. So yes, go ahead chase those r- chase those thoughts down the rabbit hole.
0: But the reason I think the Bill Gates thing is interesting, though, is because for the last year he's been he's other than Fauci, he's been the go to guy for this pandemic. He's which the I one... don't
1: understand why the how we've allowed well, that. It's money. Well, it, but is it because is it because the Twitterati the the social media is mostly influenced by tech people and tech people look at him as
0: it might like be, a I, high priest. But I honestly think he just pays the news media to to interview him and call
1: him an expert. That could be it. What if Steve Jobs was still alive? Would he be the main rallying point? Because he was way more sexy, uh, charismatic. I don't. I, that's whatever. a good
0: question. I don't think so. He 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 struck me as someone that wasn't that interested in media. And you know, in like he's more like a John media. Lennon type. And the thing with the Gates is Gates, remember, Gates right around the late nineties was was a villain. Right? He had the antitrust suits. He was dragged in front of the government. He was a villain and nobody liked him. And and the stories were coming out how he basically monetized, you know, open source software and mm-hmm. And then they were using their position in a monopoly way. Right. And he was a villain. And then he went, and shortly after that, he founded the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And he rebranded his entire image. And he just started paying media companies to cover him favorably. So it's easy when you have basically unlimited money to rebrand your image. And now here, 20 years later, he's, he's the world's leading vaccine, infectious disease, climate change, meat, um, farming expert in the world on all of these things that he's got all this money in and investments in. And he's been on TV for months telling us about the next pandemic and telling us about how great vaccines are as an investment and telling us all of these, these things. And you're just shaking your head going, how's he I think why, the way, why aren't these?
1: Like he'd been out of the limelight. I mean, he definitely was trying to get some of that good media attention over. And he and Warren Buffett got together and they did their whole charitable thing, right? But he really didn't hit any serious news momentum until the pandemic. And I right. think that I think the reason why maybe he started to get that attention was because he had been involved
0: in and been talking about vaccines for yeah, so long and so he was the, this go to guy. Ten years ago he gave a famous TED talk called the Decade of Vaccines. And um you know in two thousand nineteen, right before all of this happened, he tweeted out that vaccines are the the the, the investment of the future. Things like that. And of course he was right he funded yeah and he But he, it's a s- He funded Event 201. He's been involved behind the scenes, but suddenly he's thrust into the spotlight. And then all after all of this glowing, these these great appearances where he's waving his arms around, someone needs to tie his arms behind his back when he's on TV, but he's waving his arms around and saying crazy things like people won't have a choice whether or not they want the vaccine. Suddenly it's divorce time and Mm -hmm. all of these negative stories are coming out. Now, all of this stuff, is fabricated or not fabricated necessarily, but it's it's manufactured. So it's on purpose. So the question is, why? Why are they? Why is he going to be the scapegoat when all right, of this right. blows the, up? The the mainstream media has proven
1: they are willing to double down on falsehood repeatedly, over and over and over again. For example, I watched a movie recently called Shock and Awe. It's a 2017 movie. It's got Woody Harrelson in it. It's all about the Knight Ritter. News organization, which was sold, I believe, to McClatchy in like 2006 or seven. This is like a a news uh, a collection of newspapers, and they have writers who put stories out to all the different newspapers. You know, it's kind of an economies of scale setup. And anyway, Knight Ritter these these particular uh, journalists at Knight Ritter they were the only ones who wouldn't go along with the WMD. Iraq has WMD. Now we know that no WMD was found in Iraq. That was the whole point of the Iraq war, where we're still at war. This is way worse than Vietnam because we're still over there. We're still over there. 20 years later, 20 years later, we're still in Iraq. And we, it's, it's so. Uh, it, it's been going on yeah, so long that people don't even wonder, talk about it anymore. It it's, makes
0: you wonder, like, why didn't they just, it would have been so easy just to plant some chemicals and say, look, we found it. Right. And it's odd that they never did that right but it's it's been going on so long that it's now a part of like
1: that's just who america is it's part of our identity we yeah and we're in iraq and afghanistan and afghanistan and uh, and everywhere else and and, Libya. and it's okay and syria because the war on terror and Israel. Is a, because the war on terror is a war on an idea not on a people and it can't be won that was the whole it's 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 evil genius that's the whole point of the war on terror is
0: you cannot win it and why would you try to fight a a, an invisible virus because you can never beat it the pandemic war the war on virus is the same idea yeah so anyway we're well the point uh, is uh, the point is the media that there used to be honest people in media and
1: and we mentioned another show a while back spotlight where the boston globe went and exposed the whole catholic priest Sex mm-hmm. abuse scandal that that was interesting, and then you had the Knight Ritter guys. But since then, I think that it's over. It's over for traditional media. They there are no honest reporters out there, so they can totally be bought by people like Bill Gates. There's no honest
0: reporters, or very few, and
1: not let's let's qualify that in the mainstream, right? The, the,
0: well, in their the, the big they're, companies, they're ratings, the ones that are
1: owned by these corporations, the
0: ratings are based on ideological boundaries or tribal tribalism. I mean, I mean. CNN, MSNBC, since, since Trump's been out of office, their ratings have tanked, which just means people were watching to get red meat fed to, fed to them. And, and look, Fox is the same way. You know, and the we, way and we, we the technology to... has, has screwed things up because people are
1: focused on headlines and sound bites now and Twitter, and they don't actually read. Like, wh- where, where's the need for a newspaper and newspaper reporters and investigative reporting like Gary Webb, Dark Alliance, San right. Jose Mercury News? That that's all
0: gone. Especially people because don't want peop- to read something that challenges their intellectual preconceived notions. Right. So
1: you have these blogs, but there's, there's a formula for how long a news story should be and what you can put on a, on a website. And, and they track that, how they, they have these heat maps that show where people's yeah. cursors are going and they track how long they're on the page. And so you're seeing it dumbed down dramatically. And, and part of that has to do with the move to to online and the disappearance of newspapers newspapers were never you know since the early 1900s well i guess even before that they they were never honest but at least in in before the federal reserve takeover in the early 1900s at least they were independent right
0: some yeah well Uh, okay now tangentizes well i think look we we talked about at the beginning that the the pandemic has basically been declared over i don't think that's coincidental because the timing because the oh wuhan I lab remember. leak story started to get some real traction and i remember people a year ago were banned from social media for suggesting such a thing including famously zero hedge and in, in their twitter account he was the the guys at zero hedge was kind of the first ones who brought this gain of function research up funded by fauci fauci funded by the u.s government funded by the bill and melinda gates foundation so i i that story the question was get, why? The, that story starts to get traction and suddenly people involved with it, they're pulled from media. You know, we're gonna see Fauci get thrown under the bus right. very soon right. here. But the question was and now Bill Gates
1: is being right, running. The over. question was why are they throwing Bill Gates under the bus? Because it is totally intentional. It is definitely intentional, and I brought up the Iraq WMD thing because it was very much intentional. You saw in lockstep the big companies got behind a narrative, and they've been doing that. And every time you see this synthesis, this uh, convergence, you know you're going to get your head handed to you. So you got to watch out for what they're doing when the media companies get behind something. So are they? The question is: Are they really right now jettisoning Bill Gates? And why would they be doing that? And my what what I was bringing up is the idea that perhaps they all recognize that coronavirus has jumped the shark. Right. We talked about this earlier this spring. We have an episode entitled Jump the Shark. It was a really good episode. You know, if I can give a shout out to all of our episodes, they're really good. Mindvirus.show. show. <laughs> Tell your friends. Um
0: <laughs> anyway, maybe they're realizing that this particular well, enemy. I, I sent you a text when was it a Bill Gates story or something else kind of related I sent you a text and I said well, I think it was about the pandemic masks not being required but I sent you a text that basically said the pandemic is over they're moving on to the next phase this could be a hot summer buckle up something like that Yeah
1: Yeah well I mean they're they're literally exposing their hypocrisy like like we talked about earlier how hold on I had a sneeze there. I was going to sneeze. <laughs> you you sent me a a screenshot of the CDC saying, we're aware of 223 people who died with COVID after being vaccinated. We just talked about this, right? right? Did, I, How, did I
0: accompany that with they're moving on to the next phase? You said or was that, that, an one, email that and I the great that.
1: American gaslight continues. But... That there's this stuff coming out right now where it's it's proving their hypocrisy. Now now they're saying, oh, it's with vaccine or with COVID, but it wasn't caused by the vaccine or by COVID. They've they've literally flip flopped, and you can only do you can only have so many blatant contradictions. You can't you can do it. We've talked about how as propaganda masters, they can literally shift the. Uh, the public mind like a turn it on and off like a a water tap there's an orwell quote that i want to read that is really um
0: speaking of orwell here's the text really i sent here while you're looking up that quote this is the text i sent last week i said huge always at war with moment today cdc says vaxed people can go back to normal basically saying covid is over just like that twitter mask cult losing its mind we might be entering the endgame phase of whatever it is that's happening. Buckle up. And the reason right. I called it the always at war with moment, because Orwell in 1984, we've always been at war with East Asia. We've always been at war with Eurasia. Right. Now, we- now it's basically like just at the snap of the fingers, this thing was all done. You guys can all go back to normal if you've had the safe and effective vaccine. But there's no way to prove who's had the safe and effective vaccine. Oh, say. Just just like that. It's all over, guys. In well, we're party. on to the next thing. Right. Beca- but we, we quoted that. We
1: read from Orwell's 1984, that episode where they changed the enemy mid-speech. Right. It's in one of our podcasts. I forget. I'm, it was one well, of the we're early We're going to have to, st- have to stop ref- referencing the podcast because we can't, you know, this then is we have to a, figure out what this, we said when we said is ep-
0: it. This, is episode 23, which you probably knew that when you downloaded it and are listening to it faithfully.
1: Yeah. Here's here's what Orwell said. He said, as far as the mass of people go, the extraordinary swings of opinion which occur nowadays... Okay, let me say that again, because remember what we're talking about. We're talking about extraordinary swings of opinion which occur nowadays. As far as the mass of people go, the extraordinary swings of opinion which occur nowadays, the emotions which can be turned on and off like a tap are the result of newspaper and radio hypnosis. Absolutely. And I would add to that... Social media, internet,
0: it's all part of television the
1: same apparatus. He yeah, he wrote that before television this, was popular. This
0: pandemic never happens without the media. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, the panic. There the, is no panic the, the without misinformation. Them. Yeah, I read. I read. This recently, is a great article,
1: by the way, by another off-guardian uh, author, Margaret Anna Alice. Since she has three feminine names, I'm going to
0: assume she is a woman. Right. I read recently that the the UN hired more than 100,000 uh, misinformation specialists to go out and flood social media with correct information, which means that it's propaganda. <laughs> which
1: means it's false information.
0: Okay, we got to move on. So, okay, sorry, sorry.
1: We got point one done?
0: Yeah, we got one okay, out of several.
1: I, I can tell in my mind that there, I'm grasping at several unfinished tangents, but I will relent.
0: Right. I will let them go. I will say the tangent that started all those was Bill Gates. Just keep an eye on Bill Gates. It's, in, it's an interesting thing to watch. I keep, I've mentioned him a few times, and its I, I didn't... Having him thrown under the, under the bus for being a guy who pays for orgies was not on my list. Wasn't expecting that. Right. Okay, number two. Democracy is a sham. It's been a sham for a very long time. There will never be any real democracy when money and power amount to the same thing. Do See, we... Do we want to go off on this one? I think No, I just don't uh, think that everybody de- gets that yet. See, I also think democracy is sort of a word that is this catch-all for free society. And I, I don't— Right, it doesn't not. mean anything anymore. It's, it's not. But let's, let's move on, because de- I think we all know that— Democracy
1: technically means mob rule in Greek. Yeah. Right. And I don't think that the public at large realizes, quote, there will never be any real, quote, democracy— anymore i i don't think they get that the jig jig is up it's the jig is up right not the gig is up because now that we're in a gig economy your gig could also be up
0: you know another word for gig economy is just crappy economy (laughs) because those gig jobs are hard and they don't pay well and yeah they're anyway okay number three number three the system will stop at nothing to hold on to its power and if possible increase its levels of control and exploitation It has no scruples, no lies too outrageous, no hypocrisy too nauseating, no human sacrifice too great, and I would add, no amount of money is too much to get the people of Utah vaccinated.
1: (laughs) I totally agree with this. Again, I would say that folks like us that are paying attention to this maybe recognize that, but once 50, 60% of the country realizes that, then hold on to your hats. And that's where again, if coronavirus has jumped the shark and the controllers have decided that it's jumped the shark because they will double down. They will, I mean, they will press uh, a lie forever and ever if they have to. They have that, they have serious power. So maybe they, maybe they realize that they've reached a breaking point on coronavirus narrative. And if they do, and if the people realize that the system's not going to stop, that's when things are going to start to change. But that's where they cast the fiend fire spell, which. Only killed either crab or goyle, not both. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where they cast something similar to the Fiendfire spell from Harry Potter, and destroy everything.
0: Right, because that's well. And I wonder if their mo it, tying that in with Gates. I, I wonder if there's going to be a string of people held accountable, so to speak, and he might be the first. So Fauci, Fauci's next or l- soon. Fauci's going to absolutely be thrown under the bus. I mean, there's There's a prediction. There's there's no, there's no downside, and I'm speaking as the oligarchy here to doing that. He's in his 80s, his career's over. The things he goes on TV and says every Sunday on these talk shows are just—they're absurd. He contradicts himself from week to week. We don't, you know, we we've talked about Fauci. He's he's next, and I also think some of these more prominent TV doctors and Twitter doctors, these grifters, are going to be discredited. The question is, though, in my mind, is will accountability trickle down to governors? Uh, they tried with Cuomo. And, and remember, Cuomo was getting criticized for literally murdering old people. And what did they do? They, they snapped their fingers and said, look at over here. He's been accused of sexual assault by aid, by staffers and by aides and Ten people. And everyone forgot that he murdered Murdered all all these people people, by putting him in nursing homes. And everyone also said, Oh, it it wasn't too bad. And he's still the governor. He's out of the news cycle. But I wonder if, if will governors be held accountable? Will, will state epidemiologists be held accountable? Will the oligarchy, does the oligarchy care that much to go that down the, that far down the totem pole? You know, someone like in our state, Gary Herbert, who's, Who's not the governor anymore? He he retired. No, it doesn't care will to do he, that. Will he will he be held accountable no, for no. some of the things no, he no, did no. or Angela Dunn? Probably not. No, no, no. Unless and we, the people of Utah, figure out a way to do that.
1: Right. But we're easily distracted and we're all all working, theoretically.
0: But best economy in the in the nation. <laughs>
1: What, what I want to point out, though, here, I want to clarify. You're saying you really think Fauci will be held responsible or somebody's going to go down? Because if, if that happens, they're going to admit that mistakes were made. And I don't, I don't know if they're going to admit that mistakes were made. I think they might just f- further light the house on fire well they, it depends and on pretend how they, like
0: you still need vaccines. It depends on how they decide to take him out. It might be that they don't take him out for... His problems with coronavirus, they might say. Look, Tony Fauci's a, a carouser too. Look, Tony Fauci's got some accusers coming. Well, here's up. the way I or, see, or maybe he, maybe he says something racist, or yeah, they dig up something he wrote unlikely. in 1975. You know.
1: W- okay, here's an angle that I think might be plausible for their endgame scenario, which I think could involve World War III in a hot shooting war. Here, we're already in World War III, but as a literal nation against nation, military against military type of a thing. What if they expose his ties to the Wuhan lab and the money he's been making off of the vaccines and they they purport that the virus is actually dangerous and that it was engineered?
0: That would be the easiest way to do it because it's true. And then he has ties to the Wuhan lab. Except that it's not dangerous. Right. But he has he has ties to the statistically he has ties to this lab, and what they could say is he, they tried to make it dangerous. It leaked before they were done cooking it or whatever, right? There's could, all they, kinds of ways— the
1: idea is to blame it on China and conspirators in America, and now we need to go to war with China. Right. We hate China. Because there's been a lot of we hate China going on, the, tr- the Trump tariffs.
0: hmm
1: I mean, no, simultaneous, be, li- simultaneously, be, we're embracing that, them I could and their that. ideology— that is a bridge. And then we're yeah.
0: That's a bridge between closing c- the COVID chapter and throwing a few people under the bus,
1: maintaining the need for vaccines cuz now there's bioweapons out there. Now you need you still need us
0: and moving into phase w- next, whatever that is, which would be a more aggressive uh, military action. Action with China. Kinetic military. Which action. by the way Speaking of military action, the, the Middle East is blowing up again, literally. You have the Palestinian-Israeli conflict is now hot again. Oh, yeah. That was blowing up buildings. Pretty and- quiet for a while. And so keep an eye out there. Okay, right, right, right. N- number okay, keep four. Going. So-called radical movements are usually nothing of the sort. From whatever direction they claim to attack the system, they are just pretending to do so and serve to channel discontent in directions which are harmless to the power click and even useful to its agendas. Hmm, what are they talking about In other words, uh, something I saw the other day, which I thought fits with this, is that Rage Against the Machine is now the machine.
1: Oh, the, the guys that run that band?
0: Yeah, when we were kids, Rage Against the Machine was this angry, edgy band that said things like, F you, I won't do what you tell me. Now they're saying, F you, do what they tell you. Get the vaccine. Literally, the the, uh, singer of the band, his name is Zach something, is telling people to get the vaccine. Like He's just shilling for the machine. He's a baby boomer, though, right? That's why he's... I think he's... Is he scared? I think he's a little bit older than us. I don't think he's a baby boomer. I think he's probably in his late 40s or 50s. Zach... What's his name?
1: Looking for it. Zach De La Roba or yeah, something?
0: D- Dac, yeah, D- Zach De La. Man.
1: Oh, I just had it. I saw
0: it on the tip of my tongue, but. Um.
1: Zach De La Rocha. Yeah. Rocha. So you've got Tim Comerford, Zach De La Rocha, Tom Morello, and Brad Wilk. And Zacharias Manuel De La Rocha was born in 1970. So he is not a baby boomer.
0: Yeah, he's just a little bit older than us. That's surprising. So, okay. So-called radical movements are usually nothing of the sort. You said, what could that be referring to? Yes, I'm asking. Could it it be
1: referring to Black Lives Matter?
0: Yes. Okay. Because they're just chilling for the machine. Right. I think it could uh, also
1: um they're pretending they're not pretending to attack see like the black lives matter and the defund the police movement is very nefarious very very evil the idea is to destabilize the traditional continuity mechanisms you can call the police a control mechanism but when it comes right down to it it's not We, we need to keep some order like if you've right if you've looked at uh, portland and seattle lately the right. gun crimes chicago i mean things are out of control because they're they're. and we could we could
0: probably get more into that on number eight down this list but yeah but th- I, the I,
1: whole point of that is to bring in a national police force or right. to destabilize society to beg for a national police force a I nationalized think,
0: i think this militaristic force so-called radical movements are usually nothing of the sort can also refer to um january 6th when we're supposed supposedly the capital was overrun by radical insurrectionists there's another video right i I got a link to that we'll put it up there's a video that came out recently you know this thing was so well documented this event on january 6th because of cell phones and there's a video of you've probably seen the picture of the burly bearded guys buffalo horn guy the buffalo horn guys and his burly bearded friends well, now there's a video of one of those burly bearded friends and the Buffalo guy talking to the Capitol Police inside the po- inside yeah. the Capitol. And the Capitol policeman says, look, guys, this is you just got to be peaceful. OK, you, you've got the right to be here. It's got to be peaceful. You can't destroy the place. And the guy turns around and says, everybody, we have the right to peaceably assemble. We cannot. We cannot destroy this place. We cannot let this get. Rowdy and violent. And I'm paraphrasing. He says, We have to be peaceful. So the cops. He
1: says, We're not against. You need to show us no attacking, no assaulting, remain calm. And then the guy turns around and says, This has to be peaceful. We have the right to peaceably assemble. There's a video. You can see them talking to each other. The
0: police are right there. They're negotiating. The police let them in. This is inside, too. They let them into the inner sanctum, the inner chamber. The only person that wasn't peaceful. Was the, was the person who shot Ashley Babbitt. And that's still shrouded in mystery and why she was shot. Did you ever get to watch that video you sent me? Nope, I, I never found it again. It got, it got expurged, expunged. Okay, so we, can't, we don't have a
1: source on this, but except for me, but Bobby sent me this video of a guy who's a film, works in film, right? I want to call him a film student, but, he had put together all the footage, and he's like showing how disorganized the Capitol police were and the the protesters, and how they kept circling around each other and handing each other things, to the point where it it literally appeared like they had what what, what do they call the little blood packets that they have? They hand
0: like the Hollywood thing. Yeah, the hol- there's it, like a it, sk-
1: is it a squib or something? something what do they call? It?
0: Yeah, something like that. Basically, it's how they mock or. uh, you know, people in the movies getting shot and blood. Splatters. Yeah, blood has to come out, right? They, they literally so, will will explode or pop out, and they patch it, and it you know makes it look right. Like they're, they're they just flying out of
1: your body. He he showed he he identified in the video the different groups of people and showed how absurd they were behaving for a situation like that, and how it appeared that they were they kept to, uh you know coordinating different segments of a scene and handing like even handing each other blood packets and well this potentially putting them in places on the woman and right and he 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 spent a lot of time going over and over and over it and i watched it and i'm like oh my gosh that's a possibility and then almost immediately that that was disappeared from the internet
0: in the time that in the time between i found it sent it to you and it's like a 20 minute video went back to watch it it was gone like, it was gone within maybe an hour of it posting. Um, but there's... And I don't know if that's this, true, but it... W- well, within within an hour of me finding it, it was gone. So, I don't... And, and well, I didn't I'm find not, it right I'm just away. I'm I'm
1: not sure if the idea that it was totally staged is... is tr- like, the idea was that she wasn't even shot. That's the, yeah, that's the whole that point. Yeah, I've heard that
0: theory, and... I, but I, I, I
1: don't know we don't we don't know but, but we'll, the, the we'll point never know. is
0: the point is the whole day that whole event was shrouded in in inconsistency I know people who were personally there who I trust yeah. and they had no idea but he was that right someone had been well, shot one of the things they was, had no
1: clue yeah but one of the things that was so crazy about that because I know people in law enforcement. I have people mm-hmm. that are close to me. They follow procedures. They they take care of business. And those guys running around did not in, in there. They didn't look like that. They wouldn't bring in the EMTs. They right. they were acting like chickens with their heads chopped off. They just were not well, behaving. And a trained police
0: it, officer would have never taken the shot that killed Ashley Babbitt. Right. They were they were just simply not acting. She was no threat to him or anybody else. And there he had colleagues right behind her so he could have killed a colleague
1: I, right i guess i can't say they were not acting but they were not behaving in a professional manner well, the this way video that I, the, the that, way that i understand that the law enforcement guys this video
0: act. that we're referencing today lends credence to that this was all just a rehearsed staged thing mm-hmm. these are guys i still wonder how buffalo Hatman and his bearded what did i say bearded burly friends yeah where did they come from okay yeah, buffalo hatman that day it was january The people I know who were there who went to the Trump speech and things... It was cold. ...said it was miserably cold. He has no clothes on. He has, like, leather pants, no shirt, and a buffalo hat. There are no pictures or video that I've seen of him outside of the Capitol that day marching with people at the speech. Maybe they exist. I've Mm -hmm. not seen them. He just... The the only pictures are him inside the Senate chamber, basically. So I've thought all along that he was escorted in a different way he was planted there with his bearded burly friends and and these cops are obviously they're saying yeah you can go in but it needs to be peaceful which it was with Mm -hmm. those guys right some stuff got a little rowdy outside but no one was hurt by the intentional no one was intentionally hurt that day there were some people who were trampled Mm -hmm. and then officer sicknick had a which has been confirmed by mainstream media now with with almost no apologies. Which he was, doesn't he was make not it true beat, or he, false. He, he it just not, <laughs> means it was confirmed he, by mainstream media. Well, he was not beat on the head by a, yeah. by a fire extinguisher, by right. someone with a fire extinguisher. He right. died of natural causes. At least
1: everybody's got the story straight on that.
0: But anyway, so-called radical movements are usually nothing of the sort. And that's, yeah. I think that's true on both ends of the spectrum. Well, what we're being told that there's this white, supremac- white supremacy plague in America that represents the greatest threat to our democracy. That's the phrasing they're using. And then you've got the Black Lives Matter, which are fighting for truth and justice and racial equality. Neither of those groups really exist. Black Lives Matter is just a, an arm of the state.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Ra- you know, Rabble-rousing and pushing for more state power. And then you've got this boogeyman of the white supremacist, which is the same thing. It's, it's the state using boogeymen yeah. in viruses and terrorists, yeah. invisible enemies... I- to enhance their and, own power. And make,
1: make no mistake. We've been carefully groomed to accept this narrative. And just like any of these false flag events, January 6th is being quickly forgotten and only the insurrection against democracy is being remembered, right? Only right. what they want you to remember is being remembered. I got a, I got a blast from the past here. Did you ever watch, and, th- and this goes to my point about being carefully groomed to accept these narratives, did you ever watch Greatest American Hero? Yeah.
0: Believe, Believe it or, it or not,
1: not, I'm walking on air. Right? Uh, I never so,
0: thought I could feel so free. Okay.
1: Did you know this is total propaganda?
0: <laughs> right.
1: Okay. The, I, for some reason, I went back and watched the first episode, which is on YouTube. And now i are g- going to have to link to that. It's all about these Nazi skinhead white supremacists like the fir- it's it's almost absurd in the in its portrayal of these white supremacists. The first scene is a bunch of is a dune buggy chase. You have a black dude wearing a suit. You assume he's some sort of a, a government agent driving a dune buggy. <laughs> okay, that right there is absurd. And he's driving it through these California canyons and water and desert and stuff. Do you do you remember this? You don't remember this.
0: I don't remember this particular episode.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway, he's he is driving frantically trying to get away from people. And then all of a sudden there's these, like not just one or two, but like 50 dune buggies with white supremacists, which are skinheads. They literally all have their heads shaved and they're all wearing (laughs) sunglasses and they're all wearing white shirts and they all have AR-15s or Galils or uh, HKs or whatever. So they've all got assault rifle looking weapons and they've all got these pistols on their hips and they're wearing black paratrooper pants and they're driving dune buggies, chasing this black guy. They finally catch up to him. They circle him. They all put their guns. They train their guns on him. And he's getting out of the dune buggy, realizes the jig is up, and he's trying to bargain with him. No, guys, duh. And some woman who it looks like a man, but she's a woman because she has a feminine voice, slowly starts to get out of her dune buggy with her assault rifle. And she's singing, Onward, Christian Soldiers! I'm not kidding! I'm not kidding! She's singing Onward, Christian Soldiers! And that is the enemy for the first Greatest American Hero episode. Wow, I didn't and, know And that. the hero is, of course, this uh, curly-haired california school teacher he sk- teaches special ed he's cool right and he's a school teacher and he's the greatest american hero but that's that's how we've been that's how far back it goes that totally probably was uh operation mockingbird bird material i mean i don't know how it, it For couldn't sure. be well, it's because be. that that did not exist that w- that's so absurd
0: i mean i think you've, you've got modern equivalents like uh, the uh, is it on netflix the series jack ryan mm-hmm. with um Jim from the office is now bulked up and plays Yeah. Jack Ryan. I mean that that it stuff's was, just Did you watch that? I, I saw did, the first. I did. It it was, two. it was it was fine. It was fun, but, but it's, it's propaganda. so it's so over the top propaganda. Oh yeah. You know, he's this reluctant hero, this great honest guy. It's and very and that's Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan is a Tom Clancy character, right? Tom mm-hmm. Clancy's written 3000 books about about this kind of stuff. Some of them are really good, and a lot of them have been made into movies. And they're, you know, Jack Ryan's your Boy Scout,
1: mm-hmm. and he's the guy that's- And this glorifies the intelligence agencies and the military right. and you, the United States. It, it's from when we were kids in the 80s. You know, America could do no wrong. We thought we were the good guys against the right. Soviet. By the
0: way, you mentioned AR-15s. Here's a little uh, listener, good listener. Ask yourself, what does the AR in AR-15 stand for? I'll bet you all think it stands for- Assault Rifle. Right. (laughs) You would be wrong. That's correct. But that's what the media wants you to think. It just stands for, you know? Armalite Rifle. Armalite Rifle. Yeah. That's who makes it. Yeah,
1: or that's who invented it. (laughs) Right. Yeah, a guy named Eugene Stoner invented the design, and Armalite, I think, was the company, so the AR is the Armalite Rifle. And the M16, so you have AR-15s and M16s. The M16 is the military version of that. You have
0: the m 4 Get all kinds of designations. Well, AK in AK forty seven is automatic killer, right? <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> uh, AK is. I think the K stands for Kalashnikov, right? I think so because um, it's, a, it's a Russian yeah, uh, rifle. Yeah. And the A. Uh, it also in, in Utah. If you're a Utah Jazz fan, it stands for Andre Kirilenko, who used to play for the Jazz and wear the number forty seven. Yeah, he. There he, was no uh, <laughs> no and planning he's there. <laughs> yeah, and and he's he is Russian. Russian
0: yeah. It stands for uh Atvomat Kalishnikova, nineteen forty seven. So uh Atvomat Kalishnikova created Russian, that gun, yeah. Russian for automatic Kalishnikov is its designer. Uh Mikhail timofevich Kalishnikov. We have a listener who's really good I know at Russian, he's by the cringing. Way. He's cringing right now. He yeah, de- he's, designed he's rolling it, he rolling over he, in his so it's it's named after him. In his sleep, and, and he made it in, in 1947.
1: Force. So, yeah. uh, fun fact: some a lot there's a lot of there are several guns and calibers out there that are named based on a date, like the 47 in uh, AK47. You also have the 1911, perhaps the most iconic, iconic firearm yeah. uh, handgun out there, which is a semi-automatic. Box magazine fed uh, before firearm.
0: before I lost all my guns in a boating freak, accident? boating accident. Yeah. I had a um a small Sig uh, based on the the 1911. Like a P238. Yeah,
1: I believe well, that I shot was the, one of those. Yeah. I believe
0: that was the exact gun it was before a, I lost a, it in the boating caliber, accident. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's. It's sad to lose those types of things, but I know how you feel because well, I've lost it, guns in a the, boating the accident. The
0: circumstances were really odd. It just someone invited me to go boating and they said all your guns. bring all your guns because there's a really a lot of good, carp we need to shoot. Good chance you could lose them all on the boat. And for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, look that up. That's a real story that happened with real people that are supposed to be really responsible with their guns. And <laughs> was it a DEA
1: agent? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little foggy on the story, the boating accident story, but I have, <laughs> it's a, have my own boating accident story.
0: But, um, okay. Number, number six. Well, Let's get back on track here.
1: The 30-06, by the way, also is thusly named because it was 1906.
0: Yeah. That's a good, uh, a good quality hunting rifle caliber. caliber. Okay. Get backtrack. Number six. Most people in our society. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Number five. He, yeah, don't skip five. Any dissident voice you have ever heard through corporate media is probably a fake. The system does not hand out free publicity to its actual enemies, hmm. and this is that whole idea of controlled opposition.
1: Right. So we got to we got to think about this one. That makes a lot of sense. It's uh, one theory it seems seems hard to believe. Right. One
0: theory on the demise of Bill Gates is that they're making room for the rise of Elon Musk, who has sort of been a dissident voice in some of this in ways. Okay. But he's definitely not because he's just part of the system. Clearly. You don't get rich like that without being part (laughs) of the system. The idea is to, they got to move out with the old man Gates whose technology is old and stupid and no one cares about. Well, and he's not very sexy. Right. And you go on to Musk who just hosted Saturday Night Live recently, like last week. So a lot of, you know, he's, he's been in the media a lot.
1: Which I heard was pretty dead well, he's, right. Saturday Night Live has already been deadified, and Musk sort of drove it deeper.
0: And, and Musk, you know, he obviously he's got Tesla, but there's a lot of other things that he's interested in, especially the the, 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 the sci-fi SpaceX, sexy thing is yeah. Neuralink, which is basically a chip in your brain, and he oh, sells yeah. it. He sells it very convincingly, uh, you know. And he's gone on the Joe Rogan podcast and talked about this how it can sense medical problems in their in you know the instant they arise and so it could cure cancer because you could go and treat it immediately or could help your brain regrow things and it's like okay maybe but it also you could just flip a switch and blow my head off with it you know like kingsman there's a lot of things wrong with the chip in your brain that would uh, everything is wrong with a chip in your brain. Let me just right, state that right, unequivocally right, right now. No, have
1: you not seen Star Trek with the Borg? <laughs> right, don't do not right. put a chip in your brain,
0: or anywhere else, or in, your anywhere body. else in your body. <laughs> so anyway, I'm wondering if he's sort going to be the next. Of course, he gets villainized too. So I don't know, but anyway, dissident voices in the media are fake. I think that's true. Okay. You see that with celebrities. You see that with. uh you know, billionaires or whatever. Okay, what's next? <clears throat> Number six. This is true. This is going to be hard for some this of you. It's hard to swallow, but it's an unfortunate Most truth. Most people in our society are cowards. They will jettison all the fine values and principles which they have been loudly boasting about all their lives merely to avoid the slightest chance of public criticism, inconvenience, or even minor financial loss. I'm sorry for the comments I made, I will try to do better. Well, not just that,
1: but I'm thinking of this uh, meeting you attended, where you had a, a church official who, caved to the pressure, the peer pressure, where he takes his mask off. It either is or it is not. Okay. Right. It is either good or bad, and he, the he just admitted that it's wrong. Right. That right. he was wrong, but cowardly admitted it. Right. Going in there, having worn it this whole time.
0: Well, and and we although told, they're going to, of
1: course, say that well, we needed to wear it earlier in the year.
0: We've been told that wearing one is is Christ like. We've been told that it's savings it saves lives. Even the 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 state, I don't know who she is. She's she's the new Angela Dunn here in Utah, and I don't not officially, but she was at the press conference. I guess she's a pediatrician because she said, as a as a pediatrician, I recommend everyone send their kids to school with masks on. Masks have been the most effective mitigation, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just like, you're, st- you're still, this was recent. You're still saying this crap, which right. we all know isn't true. And that's one of the problems that the, the mask believers, the true believers who are having such a hard time right now, just rampant cognitive dissonance when the, for the CDC to say, you don't need to wear your mask if you're vaccinated anywhere and you can go back to normal they're struggling with this because one, the mask has been a sign of virtue and righteousness for them. But two, they genuinely believe that it's made them safer. And now the, the, the gods of their religion, the CDC is telling them you don't need it anymore. And it's been fascinating to watch someday, somebody really smart and interesting and, and who understands all this stuff's going to write an amazing book about the psychological damage that's been done to millions if not billions of people throughout the world did tom woods already write that book <clears throat> <clears throat> i don't think so but he's written a lot on it he's, he has written a about lot of psychological about it. damage <laughs> but it's it's real it's real psychological damage i mean you have kids no no this is the mind who, rape
1: this he, is this is like
0: literally imagine
1: what it's like for a uh a woman to be victimized in that way your people's minds have been raped and we have developed mass Stockholm syndrome in a lot of ways
0: well I mean you have kids who don't feel comfortable leaving the house without a, clinging to a mask like a safety blanket you have adults that are saying I'm going to wear it forever because I didn't get sick over the last year okay I what about the people who haven't been sick in a decade? Yeah.
1: What about the years that you didn't get sick in the last 20 years? I mean,
0: well, I think some of these people must get sick chronically because they don't live healthy lifestyles. Maybe they didn't get sick because they didn't get the flu shot this year. Right. Okay. (laughs) Number
1: seven. Well, we got to look, I want to just make one one last point. Like if we were not cowards, we would have stood up to the mask mandate last year. Right. This just shows we're willing to go along. And and we were. I duped. want to qualify this. People, get, yeah, it's because people were duped. They, they're we given. were told a, it was the right thing yeah, to you're, do. You're given enough of a justification to go along with it. Then the people who have firm minds, the strong thinkers, the critical thinkers are are demonized, they're castigated, and ostracized and censored. And the mass mob mentality sort of takes over, and and then the people that are, have a less of a critical fortitude, they take over Learned. and and they they, Pe- they go along with the the masses and they people, go along with each other
0: people were told it was the right thing to do well nothing changed that made it right for the last year that wouldn't have also made it right for the last hundred years and nothing changed since then to make it okay to take it off either you were you were tricked okay it wasn't ever the right thing to do. It wasn't ever mm-hmm. the Christ-like thing to do. It wasn't ever the the safe and effective yeah, way still, to mitigate there's viruses. Still, there's
1: still people out there who would hear this and would say, "No, so and so proved that it did slow the spread. It did. No, it did no stop. Anywhere. No, that's not true. It, it's like saying. It's like saying, you know what, you, you know what, decon is. You know, rat poison. Mm-hmm. It's like saying, well, I mean, either the either the virus is deadly or not, and so. It's like saying, well, I'll have a a little bit of decon in my Cheerios as opposed to a lot of decon. That's the argument they're making about wearing a a face covering is that a little bit of a virus is okay, but a lot of a virus is not.
0: Right. And the mask, you know, we're falling into it right now. The mask has been a great distraction. The real bravery and courage should have come almost immediately in March of last year. We should have rejected lockdowns, closures. Uh, this idea that only certain people are essential. We should have told the government, you have no authority here. You cannot do this. We... We, we should have m- as a society. We and get to decide the amount of risk. It's so funny that, you know, Dr. Doctor da- Angela Dunn uh-huh. here in Utah Is said, it an honorary degree that she has? <laughs> well, I, I think it's a real degree, but I don't know that she's ever treated a patient. I really don't know that, but... She said on Twitter that that people need to um, weigh the risks and rewards, you know, the risks and take responsibility for their own health. And she said that in regards of in with regards of like going outside or something or shopping without a mask or something silly. And I just thought you you really are absolutely clueless because that's been the argument from people all along is let me make the decisions for myself and the CDC director said the same thing people need to be responsible for their own health it's it's remarkable gaslighting mm-hmm. and where we failed as a society though is to not we didn't we we didn't stop our freedoms from being crushed cuz we're it we're they're not coming back people right this will hang over our heads forever they ha- now have lockdowns masks closures Uh, proof of health, proof of vaccination. They have all of these things now in their arsenal, and they are not going to give them back. We will be locked down again. If not this coming winter, some winter in the near future, there'll be another novel coronavirus or something else. Climate catastrophe. We we will be locked down again, and we... are basically, I think we're powerless to stop it unless we
1: change now. Right. And this is because most people in our society are cowards. That's just, as a group, that's just a fact. And, you know, I've got to admit, you know, I I behaved in a cowardly way. I didn't stand up more than talking to friends and trying to figure it out. it's, It's difficult because they because of their control of the mainstream media and because of their control of the public mind via the mainstream media, remember what Orwell said. He said that it was hypnosis. He said it was the result of newspaper and radio hypnosis. Because of that, it makes you question yourself. It makes you question what you should do. And it also makes you question the efficacy, the the rightness, or the, you know, just... That's the safety of going out and standing up, you know, you th- I- if, if you're if you're if you're of strong mind and you feel like you should go out and put a sandwich board on that says the end is near or you're wrong. I mean, the, you smart people ask themselves the question, well, what do I have to gain from doing that when everybody else is going crazy? There's something to be said for going and hiding in a cave when all of society is is.
0: Well, that's the, Being destroyed around you. Does that make you a coward? That's classic gaslighting, though. It's to make you question what you know is right. To make you question things like, "Well, oh, look at the sky; is blue? No, it isn't. No, it's, yeah, it's green. It's green, not green. There are five green. Lights. Right. Two plus two is five. five. It's just and, and say that's it. and, and just say it's it. Will you ex- not just say it? It's been extremely difficult to act in a courageous manner in any meaningful way for the regular person. Because, you know, we were laughing about this before the podcast today. Jordan asked, you know, do, do your friend's group listen to the podcast? Are they giving you feedback? And I said, I I said, I said ha- don't really have a friend circle. It's more of a friend triangle. There's two other guys, and, <laughs> and that's about it. And they don't really listen, and I don't really push it on them. And... But I do have some family members that listen. And I get a little bit of feedback. But what, what's, a, what's a regular schmo supposed to do to stand up to what amounted to a worldwide propaganda campaign and liberty crushing coup? I mean, this article calls it a coup and that's what it was. It was a takeover.
1: Well, we're living in a radio, newspaper, slash internet, TV, social media world and so that's when they control that reality, then they control the external, actual reality. And it wasn't just reality.
0: information going out. It was also we, the 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 people who really bought in had permission from political, religious, corporate, celebrity leaders, you know, quotation marks, leaders. Permission or cooperation. to To harass and accuse and accost and even assault people who didn't go along with it because they were killing grandma. They were dangerous. If you didn't, if you smiled, look, our governments made smiling in public an act of aggression. Mm -hmm. They made smiling in public equivalent to walking up to someone and stabbing them in the guts with a knife. At least socially equivalent. Right, right. All right. Number... Yeah, let's keep moving. Number seven, we probably... Don't need to go into this because we've done it a lot, even today. But number seven, the mainstream media is nothing but a propaganda machine for the system. <clears throat> and those journalists who work for it have sold their sorry souls, placing their often minimal writing skills entirely at the disposition of power. Power with a capital P there. Right. The oligarchy. Yeah. And that's, that's. I don't know. I mean, we've been talking about that. And it's yep. absolutely 100% true. Enough said. Number eight, this is an interesting one I didn't think was gonna be on a list like this. Number eight, police are not servants of the public, but servants of a powerful and extremely wealthy minority which seeks to control and exploit the public for its own narrow and greedy interests. See, that, that's technically correct, and I have
1: some close acquaintances in law enforcement and we will play the devil's advocate talking to them about certain things. Technically, that is correct, As it stands right now but in in principle the police are supposed to be servants of the public and I believe that there are a lot of good men and women out there who are actually acting trying to act in that capacity so you have a strange paradox that's occurred in the last year you have the black lives matter movement and the anti-police movement which I think is dangerous detrimental to our continuity our safety our peaceful society because these, these officers of the peace, when you go to uh, POST to become certified as a police officer, you go to what they call police officer. It's not police officer um, training. It's peace officer safety training or something like that. I can't remember what, it, what the S stands for. And they look at themselves as officers of the peace, which it's it's in the it's in the history it's in the tradition it's part of what they're supposed to be doing but as more regulations evolve as more onerous opportunities for them to entrap the public to trap them in you know by demonstrating that they're not following all the rules as that as that becomes the norm in society over a over the many many years that we've had a society then then they move into a position where they're basically serving a powerful and extremely wealthy minority as they put here so so on one hand you have the police serving us as the public and on the other hand you have the police serving the oligarchy and we've seen that again happen this last year where you have Police, especially, and you've seen a lot of the stories come out of Canada and Australia, where the police are basically putting their thumb on people for, for the sake of COVID restrictions. That's clearly them serving the powerful, wealthy minority. In in uh, California, pictures of the sheriffs escorting people off of a deserted beach. Right. That's that's them serving a wealthy minority. But when you have the police out, you know, stopping crime in uh, or it's they're not they're not necessarily their job isn't necessarily to stop crime but to enforce the law to find criminals it's a misnomer that we see in the movies all the time that the police are going to be there to stop a crime in progress. No, usually what they do is they mop up afterwards. Right. And they do their best to stop crime where they can, but...
0: Their presence can be a deterrent. There's that whole
1: theory. But but as they're out there working against violent criminals, you know, people who would steal from you, rob you, kill you, rape you, whatever, those are the good
0: functions that we want police to perform. I think that in talking to some police officers here locally, I think one of their concerns is that they've been tasked with doing a lot of things that were never meant for police officers to do. Meaning like, you know, someone calls the cops because their kid's mouthing off and then they got to go and, you know, to this domestic dispute. And sometimes those blow up in their face. Sometimes it's just a waste Mm -hmm. of their time. But I I think it's I think it is one of these nuanced things because they're agents of the state enforcing statist rules and laws, some of which are a large, unjust. Se-
1: yeah, a large segment of what they enforce. Is I mean, unjust. It's, it's,
0: it's literal highway robbery when they pull you over at gunpoint. I mean, maybe not literally, but they have a gun on their hip. Yeah. And if you don't stop, you're going to be in trouble yeah. and extort money from you. It's
1: like, Yeah, for going five miles an hour over the speed or, limit, or right. the, which is right. a bureaucratic regulation, or 10 miles an hour over. Or so whatever.
0: It, and I, I think what we might be seeing in the country right now is the oligarchies attempt to rebuild or remake the forces of uh, law enforcement around the country in their own image to make sure that they are that they are ideologically and, uh, literally working from ma- the same page as them. Right. Made in the, made, made for them to, to enforce their. Yeah. Because I think in a lot of places in the, in the States, in the U S anyway, cops generally are small C conservatives. They're, they're Liberty minded people. And they go into that line of work because they're good people who want to protect and to serve, like the motto says. I think that's less true in bigger cities. But what you're going to end up right with right now is police police forces all over the country are losing people. People are just quitting. You know, remember these are just jobs, and people can quit them. I, I know here in in Salt in Salt Lake the police force has lost like 40% of their personnel over the last 18 months or something. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's That's a fact. That's a lot of people.
1: Because of the actions of the Salt Lake City Council and the the bureaucrats up there, the the, the illiberal bureaucrats up there, they have uh, lost a ton of people. A lot of guys have retired. A lot of guys are transferring. A lot of guys are getting jobs elsewhere. So
0: you lose 40%. You're probably not replacing 40%. So that means fewer cops, which means less deterrent, but it also means that you're replacing you're replacing those cops with less desirable candidates. Absolutely. Because people who are <laughs> rational and normal aren't aren't they don't gonna go into law enforcement now. So what are you gonna get? You're gonna get a bunch of criminally minded yeah. thugs, and they're gonna create the law enforcement uh officer the stereotypical officer is going to become what exactly what they think are or are, are telling us that they are all are right now and that's criminal thugs yeah so they're creating that
1: so there's there's a nuance here on this article that we need to point out i believe off guardian is a uk endeavor isn't the isn't this a this website is entirely dedicated to being the antithesis of the guardian I which so. is a, which uh, yeah. is a british newspaper i think you're right and so they're trying to tell the truth that the Guardian newspaper won't, or the website, we we call them newspapers, but now everything's right. online, right? So they're trying to tell the truth that the Guardian won't tell. And they've named their website off-guardian.org. And I think that I don't know who this winter person is. I've, while you've been talking there, I was trying to click around the website, try to find some more information, but my guess is that this point eight should be taken from a more British right angle, and if you've been watching the news coming out of Britain, that they have been incredibly evil the way they've enforced their coronavirus restrictions. They're fining right. people, locking them up, all for being out for protesting. Y- Europe for, in general, yeah, but that has been really in, bad in Britain, particularly, especially. They're they're just literally. Into an Orwellian mode,
0: and here in the great state, stopping people from the great associating, the great liberty-minded state of Utah, the rural sheriffs and police officers are getting criticism for not enforcing masks mask rules and things like that more seriously. And that just well, tells they you had the, been, the, the, but nothing's happened. Right? Well, it tells so. you the direction of, of the the media and the politicians here. They want more enforcement. You know, if you yeah. go back to, you know, the, the kind of the height of all this theater in Utah was right around Thanksgiving when they tried to cancel Thanksgiving here in Utah and make it, they made it illegal for a time to even go visit a friend. Um, never forget that they did that. And, um, the press conferences, uh, that's when I really started paying attention to these press conferences with the governor. This was governor Herbert at the time and Angela Dunn Cox was too busy talking about his rendezvous with destiny. But, um, um, the questions from the media at the time were all about enforcement. How are you going to enforce? Basically what they were saying was, they were kind of tiptoeing around it. What they were saying is, are you going to arrest people that go visit their neighbors? Are you going to arrest people that don't wear their masks? And
1: remember point number seven, the mainstream media is nothing but a propaganda machine for the system and we've talked about that. Imagine but, but uh, that's the big uh, that's the big problem is they, they like at the Bakersfield doctors press conference they were like what right what? they were how can this be you're not um, you, you imagine, guys aren't on though, the
0: script. It's one thing if you have like a great post with the with CNN and you get to cover like this the 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 White House or something. Mm-hmm. Imagine being being a, a two bit reporter for KSL in Salt Lake City. No one reads your crap it's a stepping stone to try to get to a national paper or something. Yeah, like to a bigger market. These guys, they're brainwashed, they're brain dead, and no one cares. No one <laughs> listens to them. Tough, tough, uh, tough gig, a eh? uh, uh Well, Utah. For-
1: fortunately, we have some, some strong-minded, independent, stubborn sheriffs out there that are willing to say,
0: yeah, but no. Yeah, they're old school guys, like, especially in rural Utah, where they, with the mask mandates, and just, they just said, we don't have the manpower to go arrest everyone who doesn't have a mask well, on. That's even, silly.
1: Even Utah County. I remember being right. in at the height of it last fall or whatever, being in the Cafe Rio with a friend, standing next to three masked sheriff's officers. They were all following the right, following the rules that they had.
0: But they're all so they sat in line. down with their tacos. Yeah,
1: yeah. But we, you know, I, my, me and my friend were the only ones standing up in the
0: restaurant, right. being civilly disobedient.
1: But these guys are like, yeah, you know, they don't same. care.
0: I had the same experiences. I, my policy... It was, was great.
1: I really appreciate those guys. I just right. want to say that. It's like, good job, guys. My
0: personal policy was always make people ask and then politely decline, and then we'll see where it goes. Yeah. And I rarely got asked about the mask, and I've shared yeah. a few stories about that. Okay, number, number nine. nine is important. Scientists cannot be trusted. They will use the hypnotic power of their white coats and authoritative status for the benefit of whoever funds their work and lifestyle. He who pays the piper calls the tune. The vaccine is safe and effective.
1: Right. So we have to qualify, quote, scientists. This means state
0: scientists, uh, you know, the, well, the guys I think in it's, acad- academia. That... Uh, it's, it's expanded, though, to you what you you have recently, at least... This isn't new, but what you have, I think, in the spotlight are these guys that are neither status or other status, but they're neither state employed or government employed nor academics. But what they are, are uh, former. So like, oh, like uh, retired generals, like Tom Frieden is one that comes to mind. This is a guy on Twitter. He's a doctor. He's a he under Obama. He ran the CDC and we know how dumb those people are. Well, now he runs. He's the CEO of some something corporation, right? and, mega corporation, and he's making bank off of all this COVID hysteria and panic. And there's other guys like Scott Gottlieb, who is another former CDC or something like that. And he, these guys are are making a, a lot of money on influence, and they're basically grifters, and they'll say whatever they need to say. You know, it's funny to watch him recently saying like, yeah, yeah, you, you, can, you can take the mask off if certain you know, conditions are met, of course. When just a couple of weeks ago, they were saying that masks were the greatest thing ever and we could never take them off. And again, they, they're, there's a, the, the most famous example I can think of is a guy named Eric Fingel Ding. <clears throat> I'm going to look that up and we, check, this guy, check you. This guy... Before COVID was a no-name nutritionist, okay? Nutritionist. He jumped onto COVID and... <laughs> it's D I N G. Yeah, Fingal Ding. fing. Ding. But yeah, you're right. This guy... He he is the ultimate grifter, and I, I don't need to go into all the details, but he's been super pro-mask, super panic. He's 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 thrived on panic, 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 panic. He said schools should never be opened again, basically. Well, it turns out that he moved his family, his wife and child, to Austria so he could go to a private school that was open and did not require masks. So there's tons of hypocrisy. There's tons of just faults. but And now he's asking people for money the the science world the medical world doctors epidemiologists researchers I will never fully trust another one again unless I know that person unless I have reason to trust them the the medical profession is ruined it's almost like oh you're a doctor oh sure okay wow yeah i'm sure you are like and 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 when i if I ever need to go to the to a doctor for something more than just a checkup and i I don't go to doctors very often i don't even know why you'd want to go for a checkup because then they're going to find something that's what i'm saying is like if i ever find myself for a legitimate reason that's the whole thing about a a, doctor that's the
1: whole thing about early detection with cancer Is if you can find it then you can spend a lot of money treating it right there are schools of thought out there that we our body fights off cancer all the time so early detection is just a way to get you into chemo right as quick as possible but
0: i'm going to ask doctors from here on out, were you pro lockdown? And if what if, about pro mask? Were you pro mask? Yeah, you, were you pro mask? And if they dance around it or just can't say no, I'm not. I wasn't. Yeah, then maybe you don't want them treating you I, because I do, it's a false reality. Yeah, I'm gonna go find a. I'm gonna go find a doctor that was honest throughout all of this, and not a doctor that gets paid by the pills. Um, you know, I, I wrote something like on Twitter. I said something like, "Your governor is not your doctor." Your state epidemiologist is not your doctor. Your pastor is not your doctor. The starlet on TV is not your doctor. And your doctor is probably a drug dealer. (laughs) Find an honest doctor. (laughs) Your doctor is probably a drug dealer. Find an honest doctor that is objective and suggests objective, rational treatment options for you and isn't paid by the prescription, if you can.
1: Right, and see, I just want to qualify that when it says scientists cannot be trusted, the problem is we've bastardized the language, we've destroyed the language, and so now you have all these science religionists who say right. you're a science denier if if you don't listen to the scientists. Well, they're that just because they say they're a scientist doesn't make them a scientist. Just right. because they just because they got credential doesn't necessarily. Yeah, make, it may make them a scientist, may not, may not make them a good scientist. Right. What we. You know, you, I guess they're right. Scientists in general cannot be trusted. Well, you, see, should all, science, you should never trust anybody that way, that they want you to trust the scientists.
0: Science is based on mistrust. So the scientific method is based on... Questioning. Questioning and re, re, repetition and proving things wrong right not right. just accepting things on faith and, and science has become a religion right. it absolutely thi- has and
1: the thing that kills me about 2020 is we just wholesale disregarded what we supposedly know about the immune system and vaccine science theoretically the the accepted general quote unquote accepted science on the subject was completely thrown out the window like right now you've got a bunch of vaccine deniers out there in the mainstream saying well like like this fingle ding guy like i just looked up his twitter and he has retweeted somebody else's tweet and well first of all he tweets the quote holy mother of god tweet was exactly 1 year ago today i didn't even care what that was well that was I'm that skip was the that.
0: original that was his original covid panic tweet and it went viral and it had a bunch of crap information in there and he has since deleted it because it was wrong it was where he was saying the r not value the r 0 r not value for covid or for SARS-CoV-2 was going to be something like 3.8, when normally like a flu is like 2.0. for 0, the uninformed, like the R-naught a, is
1: how deadly, right? It's yeah. going to be how how many people die based on right. contracting it. And so he was... It's a it's a ratio, and so a factor. He
0: was saying it was going to be just off the charts. based Millions on Millions of deaths. Based on a, mo- a... He got the information from a model that was... Somehow I think he was privy to it before it was even published which by the time it was published they had scaled back all that information we can link to a little summary on Eric Fingledingle whatever his name is and he's a remarkable grifter have to find that. and it's fascinating to me it's fascinating that he isn't just wholesale just just condemned and and laughed and laughed. Right. Like he's, it's so over the top. How, clearly. And, and my, yeah. my theory is that he's just a Chinese operative. He's well, paid by the Chinese government to do this kind of crap.
1: And he is Chinese. But, he, but look, he's clearly making money off of his Holy Mother of God tweet a year ago that he's conveniently deleted. He doesn't link to it, but he says, For those who have been with me this past year, I hope and pray that your families are safe. Let's work together to
0: end this. Right. If you, if you join his uh, Patreon, you can get his tweets early. And I'm not joking. Oh, you get a pre-tweet. But our esteemed governor, Governor Cox, retweets Eric Fingelding well, and look, Scott Gottlieb and Tom Frieden and these other charlatans. Fingelding is re- retweeting a
1: guy here, Matt Royer. I don't know who he is. You're the Twitter expert. I don't know Matt Royer. Thank you. Anyway, he Matt Royer, he's retweeting, he's retweeting this guy because he says... If you are vaccinated, you could still be a carrier. You have to think about those who have vulnerable people at home when you are thinking about not wearing a mask. Now, that's.
0: That's the that's f-
1: figgleding. OK, right. That's there, Matt Royer quoting figgleding on MSNBC. Right there is the is the. So he's retweeting
0: somebody retweeting himself or tweeting we, yeah. himself. He it's it's a remarkable grift and and these charlatans but here's what he says he says and for that reason i'm going to quote trust the science and keep it on oh i want to swear that's so stupid now you know why i get fired up when yeah. i'm on Twitter cuz that's the kind of muck that i'm wading through Bull crap. And, and it's the the team reality versus team apocalypse team reality is is clapping its hands recently because basically they've been proven to be right now i still think it's all a big psyop but That statement right there, I'm going to trust the science and continue to wear my mask, is that cognitive dissonance I've been talking about. It's the it's this really it's a it's a vaccine denial. There's some evidence that maybe these vaccines actually do what they're purported to do. Now, I still don't think healthy people need them. And I don't and I still think there's a lot of really bad side effects that are more common than than we like to admit. But People who are taking them aren't trusting them. And yet it's people like me that don't feel like they need it who are the anti-vaxxers. But yeah. the grift is, is, is the, there's been a huge grift amongst the science, scientisms, scientists, scientists, science, science is, the scientasmic <laughs> science isms. But, and, and these guys have made a lot of money. They've gained a lot of fame. They've grifted off the government and gotten cares money. Um, they they've been on TV a lot, and they know that the gig's almost up. They know that you know the 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 another one would be Doctor Wen. We've talked about her. She's on TV a lot. She's, yeah, this is
1: how are we going to force people to be vaccinated right. if we don't uh, if we let them go out and do stuff?
0: Right. And she's recently said, "How will we know who's been vaccinated if they don't wear their masks? If you haven't been max- vaccinated, you must wear your mask." Basically, it's a it's a symbol of uh, your science non-compliance denial. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, you're complying, gone, but you're f- not complying. They flipped the script immediately. The mask con- has gone from as uh, a symbol of compliance to now a symbol of non-compliance with the vaccine. You're complying with the with the first with the edict, edict to get the yeah. vaccine yeah, yeah. to wear the mask, but right. you're not
1: complying with the. You're, so you're, you're telling a, people you're not a mask denier. You're a vax denier. And you can't wear a mask. <laughs> they painted themselves into a corner because, oh, we can't let the vaccinated people take their masks off because the mask deniers aren't wearing masks right. and they're not getting vaccinated either. And so, so it's a catch so twenty two. The, the
0: joke is to uh to go up to people with masks on and politely suggest that they get vaccinated. <laughs> and there's this crazy, there's this you know, b- baseball parks are saying we're going to segregate our stadiums on vaxed versus non vaxxed and I'm going. Well, first of all, that's disgusting and obscene. But give me the unvaxxed seats. I want to high-five people. I want to cheer yeah, with you. Like th-. we're yeah. going to have way more fun in the unvax section because yeah. we're not we're not afraid of each other. Mm-hmm. We're not afraid. We're going to go back living. to the old
1: normal where we would. Drink beer, slosh, yeah. slosh it on share everybody, popcorn. share popcorn,
0: yeah. You know, throw uh, things at each high other five, like, like the, We've Spit. talked about this sporting events, spitting is a part of baseball. Sporting events are well for the players, I don't have to, but sporting events are a great way to bring strangers together. Have you ever high fived a stranger at a sporting event? I have many times. You ever high fived a, a stranger at church? No,
1: see. I've shook hands (laughs) with a stranger, you know, at church. Yes, things go on at sporting events that don't go on in other places.
0: Yeah. Okay, number 10. Okay. Progress is a misleading illusion. The, and he quotes, you know, uh, quotation marks, the progress of increasing automation and industrialization does not go hand in hand with the progress in the quality of human life, but in fact will progressively reduce it to the point of complete extinction. When I read that sentence for the first time that, you know, yesterday or whatever, I immediately thought of WALL-E. Remember the movie, WALL-E? Yeah. When the people have all of this great technology and progress, they're on a space cruise ship, they're... Well, they've, the,
1: the idea, I think, if I remember right, is that we ruined the earth. We ruined so earth. We, we had to leave, earth. we had to leave on a big spaceship, but the spaceship was fully automated. And so over time, the people grew fat and to the point
0: where they can't even walk. They can't
1: even walk because their bone structure
0: changed. But they're, not only that, but they had no social interaction with each other. There was no romance. There was no um, physical contact with people. They couldn't talk or walk. They they had screens on their little floating chairs. Yeah, they had floating chairs. Food delivered to them. This is really interesting because we, how have we spent the last year, okay, on a screen with food Delivered to us in almost no human <laughs> contact, right? Yeah. I'm and still
1: trying to figure out who, if Winter Oak is a man or a woman. This person has done a really good job at hiding their identity, by the well, way.
0: Well, uh, this uh, this article was originally published as part of Issue 65 of Winter Oak's Acorn Bulletin. Read the full bulletin here. And there's That's a link. what I've been looking or at. Or follow Winter Oak on Twitter here. And there's a link. So we will link to Winter Oak's things. And Winter Oak, if you happen to hear this... Come be a guest on our show. This is a great list and we would love to have you on the Mind Virus podcast, mindvirus.show.
1: Right, before we wrap up, a couple of thoughts from listeners. By the way, we're gonna have a friend of mine on who's an engineer, a structural uh, engineer. And they have some views on 9-11 they wanna talk about that are outside of the regular conspiracy theory crowd. So I'm excited to, to talk to this person on our show and he'll try to set me straight I like the uh, architects and engineers for truth guys I've I feel like they have a really good handle on what happened on 9-11 so here in June when Bobby goes on a he's gonna go on some sort of a trek that requires him not to be on the podcast for a few weeks we're gonna have this friend of mine on and uh, we'll talk about that and some other interesting philosophical topics. I think related to the things we've been we've been discussing. But we're going to have a 9/11 episode, so that'll be interesting coming up. Cool. And I've uh, I'm still I think I've got one or
0: two others lined up. You're going to be gone for three weeks, three to four. Okay. So you've got black sacks that you're going to put over these people's heads so that nobody can see them, right? When you. When you so that they can't see where they're at, where they're being
1: taken to, right? Well, I'm not going to do it here in your basement. I think your wife would probably... Well, no, I'm saying out. even to your basement or... Well, some of them already know where I live. Mm. Risky. I may take them into the mountains to an undisclosed location. That could be cool.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'll be gone for um, a few weeks, but that's awesome because it means that the podcast will finally explode <laughs> in popularity. <laughs>
1: I don't know. We might take. It might be a setback, but I, I've got another friend who's a, a really f- great student of uh, psychology, behavior. That I think he's gonna. I think he's willing to come on. He's he's written some material on temperament and personality. I, I'm really hopeful to get this guy on. He's he's fun. Fun discussion. Really smart guy. And then i 'm not sure I, like if you if you want to be on the podcast, you got to let me know if you 're out there because I still need we still need some material here and and I, it's a, it's a heavy burden to shoulder to get to fill the shoes of Bobby flood <laughs> while he 's gone so i'd'd li- well, I'd like we, some
0: feedback we'd love your feedback anyway too so we can you know we want to make this interesting for you and yeah. uh, post on the website, please
1: because I know I get people that talk to me they 're like hey i 've got some feedback for you, and i can 't remember all the feedback one of the one of the things that I learned was from a friend who works at Walmart as a part-time gig because COVID and things have shifted but the have economy. we have the best
0: economy in the nation.
1: Yeah, he's got two jobs. I admire this guy. He's He works hard uh, taking care of his family and stuff. He was telling me that they close every night. Now, you know, Walmart used to be 24 hours. Well, they close every night for cleaning. They're not cleaning. Of course they're not. Of
0: course they're not. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> So, I I went to another local grocery store. Yeah. The one where it was like 50-50 masks. And I noticed something while I was waiting in line to buy the crap I was buying. The magic dots on the ground are gone. Oh, yeah? The safety six feet hmm. dots and the, the one-way arrows. Like, you know, they tried to make their aisles oh, yeah. one way. So, you could only go one way... Down certain aisles, but the horizontal aisle that kind of splits the store in half, that was always two way. So the <laughs> virus knew that you can't go on the ver- yeah. down the vertical aisles. but well, you can safely travel side by side
1: in the horizontal aisle. So this Walmart guy was telling me they're actually they're remodeling the Walmart. You may have been to this Walmart that he works at. Uh, they're remodeling it. They're making the
0: the aisles narrower. So they can jam more aisles into the store. I
1: think so. Well, they're taking a whole section of the the Walmart and turning it into an automation center, like a mini Amazon distribution center, because they're trying to get things more automated. Where the, oh, where so the, if you order online, you just go there yeah, and pick it out, on right? A, or you order it while you're in the store and have somebody pick it out for you. Which, right
0: now, we do, we'll do an we'll do an online order, and you pull up, and somebody, a human being, brings it out to you, and yeah. puts it in your car. That because. Th- th- we were willing to have them risk their lives to put stuff in our car so I could stay safe from the virus, yeah. but it's convenient <laughs> <laughs> Well, for us. It's more convenient for
1: Walmart. I-, I don't know if you noticed the Walmart has now taken a lot of their t- checkers out and they've made bigger self checkout areas. Mm-hmm. It's convenient for Walmart cause they can, they can have fewer staff. They can pay less. You don't have to feed those, pay less people, those machines. Yeah. You don't have to feed the machines
0: or buy them insurance.
1: Yeah, so you've got you've got that and they're they're going to have automated machines and they're going to have a you know, a pick center, I don't know what you call it, a distribution center there where they can they can get you your stuff from the back and this is all evidence that people are willing to buy things sight unseen now, I think because of the internet. Internet's done such a great job with movies and uh, you know, Reviews that people do, p- people have a lot of confidence. They'll even buy footwear. I I thought that like shoe shoe stores would never be under attack from the internet, but they really are with free re- free returns. You know, you'd get right. a pair of shoes and you can send it back. Well, Payless,
0: like Payless is downsized. I think they filed bankru- bankruptcy, and they, you know, that was kind of the the American cheap shoe store, right? You went to yeah. Payless to pay pay less for your shoes, but they're they're <laughs> going away. And I think it's probably the same idea.
1: Well, we, uh, yeah, definitely we have a retail pro- retail problem. They call it the retail apocalypse,
0: right? Well, and you also have a labor shortage, huge labor shortage right now. Well, because the government's paying people not right. to work. and And so if you still think universal basic income is a good idea, then you are a clown because... This labor shortage proves that a universal basic income is a terrible idea for lots and lots of reasons, but one of them would be mass labor shortage, especially in the service industry. But we're going off on another tangent Another now. tangent.
1: Anyway, yeah, <clears throat> I, I got another comment from a listener. CEO encouraged everyone to get the vaccine, but also said we live in a free country and it's an individual's decision. We'll see how, that, how long
0: that lasts in coming years. So I had another But see, why is a CEO encouraging people to get a medical treatment? A CEO beforehand would never say, hey, wear a condom or hey, (laughs) go see your dentist twice a week. Maybe he, you know, and and a CEO has some stake in it because he's probably paying for the insurance. Yeah. So he could say, "Does has that CEO ever said, hey, fatties, lose some weight so we can af- actually afford some companies stupid do benefits?
1: That. Some companies do that. They have like they incentives have for have people incentives, to They have incentives, but they can't
0: say it as blatantly as, hey, yeah. fatties, but, yeah. or smokers. Hey, smoke, quit smoking. You're costing the company $2 million a year in extra premiums because you smoke.
1: Yeah. Well, this, this guy, a friend of his that also listens to the podcast, he mentioned that his... CEO did an informal poll. It's a smaller company. Like, how many of you guys are getting the vaccine? And and it was met with a little bit of a none of your awkward business. wall. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, okay, yeah. I...
0: KSL tried to do a poll. Yeah, I didn't participate because it's none of their business whether I get it or not. Even though I've said publicly, I'm not have no plans to get it. And not because I'm anti-vax, but I'm under fifty and I'm healthy. Why would I need that?
1: Okay, one more one more comment from the guy that knows Russian. He says, he says to me, "I'm, I'm about ready to listen to the podcast. If I listen to your podcast on Stranger Than Fiction, will it spoil the movie?" And I said, "Yes." <laughs> and he said, "Okay, then I won't watch the podcast." Tell anyway, him he, to watch the movie, <laughs> then listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, he he did, he did. He said he wanted to know if it was if it was okay for his kids. And then he says, 1.5 minutes into Stranger Than Fiction, I already have issues. A Windsor barely takes more time to tie than a half Windsor. Not 43 seconds longer, or, a, or single as the narrator calls it. And a Windsor isn't called a double. If she's going to be pedantic, at least be accurate. I'm going to have to relax my attention if the narrator <laughs> keeps this up. And I wrote back and I said, ha ha, ha you're Harold. <laughs> right. And he says, well, I don't count floor tiles or my steps. But if someone later asks me about which soap dispenser was most empty, I've learned I'm more likely than the average person to have picked up on the details. This guy totally picks up on the details. Well, that,
0: And that's something that, you know, the little graphics in the show and like Harold's washing his hands in the public bathroom, it yeah. shows the percentages of each uh, soap dispenser. And they, and they do a clever way. It's a clever way of showing his sort of uh, OCD yeah. tendencies with just these little graphics. Very,
1: very subtle. Technical... Analytical graphics, yeah, graphs and charts and stuff. I liked it anyway i thought i'd I thought I'd share some of the comments that I got in the last week with you as listeners here on the show. But I want to say, hey, start a discussion on the website get some get some comments going back and forth between each other. I love to hear hear from you guys. I really do appreciate it it's It's really kind of nice to know there's people out there listening, and I love to talk about this stuff, but I think you guys might enjoy talking to each other
0: if we uh, if we get enough people listening maybe maybe i emphasize maybe we can have a virtual zoom meeting meetup where we can all wear paper bags on our heads so we don't know who each other are but have a live in person virtual in person <laughs> <laughs> discussion group <laughs> or
1: maybe we just maybe that's we, the way it's done nowadays or maybe yeah. we'll
0: just rent out the back room at buffalo wild wings and, and have a bunch of uh b- we could go, beer we could and soda do and, a greet up at a park and yeah. high
1: five each other the problem yeah. is then you have to show your face to all these people that i know have then, you
0: well yeah that's
1: true and then vice
0: versa but they already know you see i would i'm the. you only have two friends I, yeah i have a two fr- i have a, a friend, friend triangle. triangle yeah one of those friends doesn't live here i've only known their world of warcraft avatar so. really well not really I'm this just, just gives you a little I bit of i do have it.
1: some friends this for those of you that don't know bobby this tells you a little bit more about bobby <laughs> i do have
0: some friends people <laughs> i consider friends that i've
1: never how met. big is your world of warcraft crew what do you call that your band your your guild guild it's a guild it's a guild okay. yeah okay what's the, what kind of a guild are you the bootmaker guild the tanners the (laughs) no not that kind of (laughs) guild oh okay it's a warrior's guild we're the
0: vaccine guild it's safe and effective oh okay you're out vaccinating dragons yeah we vaccinate them with our swords and our magic spells and our fireballs okay i've revealed too much (laughs) well
1: since you edit this you can cut
0: it that's true hey great discussion today uh yeah thank you to uh what was the guy's name um winter oak. winter oak for a a short concise but provocative
1: discussable
0: list yeah because i think um he he makes the point winter oak makes the point that he says there there is no way that knowledge gained by a wide awake 15 or 20 percent of the population will not end up being shared by almost everyone i think that's an interesting it's the streisand effect right it's sort of like herd immunity it just takes a few of us to really get the the ball rolling and I, I think we've been had I think we've had herd immunity the whole time our bodies are well suited to fight coronaviruses I, yeah I think we
1: would I think they were able to delay herd immunity a little bit by um locking everybody Lockdowns down and masks. and that's what happened they killed a bunch of people off by denying them medical care locking up old people in nursing homes and in general scaring the hell out of everyone now right hell is in the bible this is not a swear. Well, that's, that's what they did.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll this is they, still a family they program. They scared the the much stronger words out of people too, the, the, the bleeps and the blanks and the beeps out of people. And that was all by design because fear is the mind killer. Fear is the mind killer. We're going to link to this really cool
1: article called A Pr- Primer for the Propagandized. Fear is the Mind Killer by Margaret Anna Alice of Off Guardian. And she's got some great stuff here. Here's another Orwell quote, totalitarianism, totalitarianism, if not fought against, could triumph anywhere. And she quoted Orwell again about the newspaper and radio hypnosis. She mentions Brave New World, Clockwork Orange, Fahrenheit 451, Edward Bernays. Really good article. I, I highly recommend you read this, but she's got a few Mark Twain quotes that I think might be good to end with. Mark Twain said, it's easier to fool people than to convince them that they have been fooled. So that us, the 10 or 15 percent or whatever, 15 or 20 percent of the population, we need to help people recognize they've been fooled. Twain is right. It's easier to stick with the um, the groupthink. But there is a tipping point, like was reached at that seminary meeting that you were at, where finally the, the man on the stage has to admit, you know what? <laughs> It's a charade, and he takes off his mask. And so that's that's kind of the way things work. Uh, Mark Twain also said, in religion and politics, people's beliefs and convictions are in almost every case gotten at second hand and without examination from authorities who have have not themselves examined the questions at issue, but have taken them at second hand from other non-examiners, whose opinions about them were not worth a brass
0: farthing. Very true. That's really interesting because I asked our esteemed, benevolent governor, Spencer Cox. Which he answered immediately. Yeah, right. But... uh, I you know I I do this on Twitter just to poke at him but I said did at any point at any point did you guys I said did you just panic <laughs> or did you did you deliberately deny and reject empirical evidence did anybody in your covid HQ during the last while did anybody show courage or even curiosity about any of this? Did you know you were so wrong? And of course, he's not going to answer, but but that quote is a really great summary because, you know, Cox would retweet like Eric Figgleding and Scott Gottlieb <clears throat> and these other so-called experts. I don't think he, I don't even think Angela Dunn, who's supposed to be the doctor, right? I don't think they spent any time analyzing the data. Well,
1: we've, we've discussed this before. Or, or like we,
0: entertaining an alternative point of view, like the Great Barrington Declaration. Right. You brought up an article
1: way back about how people do research online. They do a Google search, they spend 15 seconds on it, and then they debunk the Great Barrington Declaration. And all the people, the illustrious credentialed folks that have signed it. Right. And th- that, that's just the way society is right now. We're in a, we're in a mind... Prison. <laughs> prison i was going to use the word f-u-c-k <laughs> we no we don't are, want to use we're that literally we are in a we're we're that's that's the way i describe it's literally well foo bar the whole thing we're is being yeah we're, we're absolutely
0: up. being ruined our, our brains are being ruined and you can see that if you go on social media you can see that with this cognitive dissonance yeah. right now you can tell whose mind has been broken because they are lost right now but they're utterly lost because the government's telling him to do something different than what the government's been telling them to do. And they can't handle it because their virtue and their identity and their their political affiliation is all tied up in all of this This the masking and the social distancing and the lockdowns. And it, and they don't know what to do That it's now that it's over. That is the hallmark of the
1: entropy world that we live in it, it The destruction of the mind is what precedes the physical destruction, and we're on the cusp right now. We need to w- fight this entropy, fight this entropy of our of our theoretically scientific world that we supposedly lived in you well, know the, where 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 reason was supposed to prevail i don't think we we've... need to fight the entropy we need to help people repair their minds, repent, we've, change and expand their minds. We've never been dumber. I know.
0: As a yeah. society, we've never been more At this point, Stupid.
1: that's where we're at.
0: So we need to fight against that. And that quote sent us off on another tangent, just as you thought we were.
1: Just as we were about ready to wrap so up. So let's
0: wrap it up. Okay. But uh, as always, guys, we, we appreciate you. Thank you for hanging out with us for a little while. Um, you can find us on the web and, at Show and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And uh, for both of us, this is Bobby Flood signing off with our dramatic music. Have a great week.